During Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC clearance event, save up to 20% on new models like the 2023 Buick Encore GX or GMC Sierra 1500. View their huge inventory at robertbrogdon.com and find your perfect match. Zero's on the clock. It's over. It's over. Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. For the fourth time in franchise history, for the third time in five years, and for the second time in two years, there is no doubt the Kansas City Chiefs are world champions. And a dynasty lives in Kansas City. Hello and welcome in to the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Let's talk about the champions. I am Joshua Briscoe across the, the glass from Dylan Michaels. Covell Hudson and Kyle Collier doing the production work around the building as well. We brought all the guns out tonight as I have heard fireworks shooting in the surrounding area here from our home in Sports Radio 810 WHB studios, we had to go from watching the Super Bowl to enjoying the postgame coverage on Westwood One. Now we are here with you for what is going to be a late night and by at least some definition of the word, an early morning. 913-3810-810. The phone lines are now open. We'll be letting you call and chime in with your thoughts pretty much all night long. And we will have plenty of things to say about this football game. And it's always a little bit different, as spoiled as I am to even know what this feels like. It's always a little different to talk about a game, to do the post-game show for the Super Bowl. Because I've now done four of them with this one just now beginning. And three times it has been some form, hopefully tonight continues this this trend, thrice it has been a time of celebration. First, disbelief. Last year, celebration of a budding dynasty. Tonight, I imagine we celebrate the cementing of a dynasty that is no longer just budding, but has bloomed, blossomed, and at this point, the question is just how long is it going to stick around and be the pain in your side if you're another team in the AFC or, frankly, just another team in the NFL. And that's where we are right now. Some of the nitty-gritty things of this game matter. That's most of the time in a post-game show we talk about the plays that make a game, the reasons the Chiefs won or lost. But after a Super Bowl, it gets a whole lot more big picture than that. And here's the size of the picture right now. Right now, the picture is that there is one dynasty in the National Football League. It's very rare that there's one ever existing. You never get multiple dynasties coexisting. It almost, it's almost impossible. It kind of defeats the, the phrasing altogether. But we had a pretty front row seat to the dynasty that the New England Patriots built. And they had a decade between Super Bowl wins. They're also the last team 20 years ago to complete a back-to-back. Dynasty is no longer up for debate. Dynasty is not a question. Dynasty does not need a question mark. 
We're not done yet was the rallying cry after last year's Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes said, I think those exact words, and I believe I heard, we'll hear more from all these guys later on, I believe I heard him say those words again tonight from the, uh, from the, the stage on the field. Not done yet. And hey, that's true. Patrick Mahomes is not done yet. And by the sounds of it, Travis Kelsey is not done yet. And by anything I've ever seen or heard, Andy Reid is not done yet. Therefore, the Kansas City Chiefs are not done. No doubt about that at all. But dynasty doesn't mean done. Dynasty doesn't mean no more Super Bowls and no more parades are coming. We will deal with what next year and the years to come will look like. But Dynasty is no longer up for grabs. To argue with the truth of the Kansas City Chiefs Dynasty is to out yourself as a non-ball-knowing contrarian, and I'm sure someone's going to be eager to pick up that mantle on Monday. Let me ask you to all do something with me, and I'm going to put myself in this spot with you. I'm going to do it alongside. When you hear later tonight and early tomorrow, whoever it comes from, when you hear, I don't know about Dynasty, Jim, Go ahead and just plan on being on Grand on Wednesday. Perhaps the same place you were last year. Perhaps the same place you'll be next year. But everyone else in the NFL is going to be subject to something that the Chiefs were subject to for a very long time. That Teams very rarely ever get to claim this side of. The rest of the league is filled with role players, bit characters, supporting parts. The rest of the NFL is also featuring. But the NFL is starring the Kansas City Chiefs. You could have told me that in 2016 or 2006 or 1996. I don't think I was doing a whole lot of great words with work with vocabulary at the time. I may not be doing a whole lot of great work with vocabulary right now. If you think right now is tough, wait till 3 a.m. We're just going to see. But at any point in my life before Patrick Mahomes and truly to spread the credit around before Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey... But really, before Patrick Mahomes, I would have bet every penny in my pocket that I would have died of a ripe old age before I ever heard anything resembling the Kansas City Chiefs are the main character of this country's favorite sport. Never in a million years. I didn't think that I would ever... See them hoist a Lombardi trophy. Sure, by the pure random odds of it all, because eventually Tom Brady will retire and the league will open up and Alex Smith will get hot or the next guy they find will have a good postseason run. Maybe someday the Chiefs will steal one. I would have settled for that. Watching Tom Brady on Sunday Night Football when I was 13. 
And now we're here with one more layer I want to slather on top of everything that this run has been, that this season has been, and that this game was tonight. Listen to me say this and know that I am telling you the God's honest truth. It might never be harder than this. Think about it. Who were the two wide receivers before this year kicked off? As training camp was coming around, who were the two wide receivers who we thought, hey, the breakout years are coming. These are going to be the two guys that help take Patrick Mahomes perhaps back to a Super Bowl again. The offense is built around Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but then if Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney can... Kadarius Toney, healthy scratch tonight. Sky Moore was active. I don't remember seeing him play. Certainly didn't get a target, right? Those were supposed to be wide receiver one and wide receiver two in some order. Rasheed Rice was a rookie. Travis Kelsey, this is partially true, getting up there in years a little bit. How are you going to make his life easier as the year goes on? They don't have the receivers, but they've invested in their offensive line, and Jawan Taylor is going to be ugh, a little touch and go, actually. Well, they've spent a ton of money on Joe Tooney. So at least he'll be there at the left guard spot. Actually, he's not going to be available for the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl this year. Well, they made a big free agent signing on the defensive side. Their biggest free agent signing was Charles and Minahu. He's also not going to be there, unfortunately. Patrick Mahomes' pass catchers are going to spend this entire year beleaguered by drops. The offensive line is going to underwhelm throughout the regular season. They're not going to be the one seed. They're not going to be in a position to host the AFC Championship game. In fact, they're going to have one of the hardest playoff runs in NFL history. They host Tyreek Hill's revenge game at Arrowhead. End it. They go to Buffalo. Buffalo gets Kansas City in their house to go to the AFC Championship game, and the Chiefs take that one too. Then they match up going to Baltimore against the best team in the league by plenty of metrics this year. They take care of Baltimore. But if there was anybody you'd take over the Ravens the way this season planned out, you'd give it to the San Francisco 49ers. The way they played this year, that team has so much talent, is so excellent. The Niners at the end, that's the monster at the end, right? Wrong. The Chiefs, again, I'm not trying to pick on negatives here, because some of this stuff just, just happens, it's injuries or whatever, and some of this stuff's a longer view of things. The Chiefs' first-round pick this year made a great play in this game, shout-out to Felix Ndike Uzama, but barely played this season. Chris Jones spent week one in a suite. Travis Kelsey spent week one on the sideline. The wide receivers spent all year getting hurt, playing themselves out of the lineup, or just generally being so putrid that this offense never looked like itself. And the season trudged along, and Mahomes and the offensive staff narrowed down their weapons to their big three of Kelsey and Rice and Pacheco, and all three of those guys stepped up. 
Although tonight you even get mistakes. Rice and Pacheco both fumbled the ball. Pacheco obviously loses it. But Patrick Mahomes goes absolutely Mahomesian a couple of times on those last few drives when they absolutely had to have it. Harrison Bucker, ice, stone cold automatic. And I've saved them till the end of the monologue, but not because they did not deserve to lead this thing off. In Spags, we trust. This Kansas City Chiefs defense was nuts this year. They give up 22 points to the Niners and held them to 19 in regulation. Did I mention that this game needed overtime to settle it? How's everybody's heart? Hopefully it's okay. The Chiefs defense this year had one game Vaguely resembling a, a trip up against the Green Bay Packers in a LeFleur offense that went on with Jordan Love to give other teams more and more trouble as it went on. They, in that game, gave up 27 points. The high watermark of their entire season, by the way. The Chiefs' defense did not allow a 30-point game all year long. 21 games. The Dolphins come to Arrowhead, and they were they were banged up on both sides of the ball, and I understand that. But this high-flying Dolphins offense comes to Arrowhead seven points. The Chiefs go to Buffalo, and hey, Buffalo almost got away with one there by putting up a massive number offensively with, let me check, 24 points. Folks, we're talking about three touchdowns and a field goal. 24 points does not blow off your eyebrows in the modern NFL. But 24 points in, in Buffalo, all right. They get the MVP on his home turf. An MVP, uh, this, listen, Lamar Jackson, I'm, it's, I'm fine with him winning the regular season MVP. I think he earned it. I think he would have been my vote. The pearl clutching about it not being unanimous because of one Josh Allen, totally reasonable Josh Allen vote. Weird to me. Weird. But an MVP who apparently a lot of the world thought should have been the unanimous MVP gets that Chiefs defense on his home turf. With actual wide receiver weapons, pass-catching weapons, Mark Andrews is back. He's got an offensive coordinator that seemed to figure out what he does best, and he's figured out what he does. Like, that, that relationship was there for that, that Ravens team. Ten. Ten points in Baltimore to the MVP. And in the biggest stage, two weeks of lead-up. Two weeks for Spags, two weeks for Kyle Shanahan, two weeks for Brock Purdy, two weeks for Chris Jones. Two weeks for a linebacker group. They Listen, there are a couple of plays you'd love to have back. That's a damn good Niners offense. Christian McCaffrey's unreal. George Kittle is as good as perhaps the second best tight end in the NFL. I will not give him any higher than that, but I love George Kittle. I haven't gotten the box score to open up on the computer that I usually have the box scores up. Kittle end up with two catches, three. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Jennings, apparently. George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. It's the best skill position player group in, in the NFL this year. I don't think it's close, right? I don't. I don't think I'm even, like, borderline insulting everybody by saying that Niners group is the one you would take, period. 
probably with the offensive mind he would take, perhaps only second, much like in the tight end discussion, to the guy on the other side of the Super Bowl matchup. But I digress. And Brock Purdy didn't even make some, like, crippling mistakes. He didn't turn into a pumpkin. He made some plays, too. I don't want to say that, like, oh, you know, they got caught trusting a game manager. Because that's not fair, either. The Niners weren't afraid to let Brock Purdy throw. He didn't fold. He got beat. The Niners' offense got beat. While we're here, just because I'm looking around and I'm not seeing this narrative pop up for reasons that will make sense in a second. The Niners got most of the calls. A lot of those coin toss level of objective refereeing moments. It was very, very evenly matched, but I think you'd give the edge in the refereeing uh, plus minus to the Niners side. Therefore, we will not talk about it. It will not be a national talking point, And we're all just going to forget that that was ever a thing. Cool. Fine with me. Purdy wasn't electric, but he wasn't a problem. The The Niners' weapons are incredible, and it wasn't sufficient. That's what the Chiefs' defense was able to do, even as they got worn down a little bit later on. And please, this is also a tough thing to just... Sometimes you die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm not saying that Tony Romo, you know, should have retired after two years. Maybe a little refresh might be nice. Because don't let Tony Romo convince you that that entire Chiefs defense was playing a 60-minute NFL game for the first time in that fourth quarter. Obviously, they played a little extra two in overtime. But on the broadcast, Romo was just talking over and over about how tired that Chiefs defense was. And look, I'm sure they were gassed. But that was an incredible matchup that I expected to be incredible. Niners offense versus Chiefs defense. I had the Niners scoring 20 points in this game. It would have been 19 if the Chiefs could have gotten it done in regulation, but I'm not complaining. This was a game that was... I just saw Patrick Mahomes' rushing stat lines. (laughs) 9 for 66. He has actually extended his lead as the Chiefs' all-time postseason rusher, right? He ended up with 7 more yards than Isaiah Pacheco on 18 carries. Point being, this Chiefs defense, it it wasn't even just like Spags, Spags ended up. All the very end, what happened when it was all on the line? Brought pressure. Hell yeah, he did. Spags forever. But it was a really good game from the Chiefs defenders at every depth. It was a really good game from Steve Spagnuolo. It was also a really good game from Kyle Shanahan and a good game from Brock Purdy and a really good game from the Niners' weapons. It was a really good game from the Niners' defense, by and large. And it was a very frustrating game from the Chiefs' offense. Until you ask the question that the NFL has been either, depending on who you ask, embracing or shrugging to avoid now for months. The AFC Championship game, for many, many years, started running through Kansas City. The AFC runs through Kansas City. And now here, in a year when they take their act on the road, 
It's never been more obvious. It's not just the AFC that runs through Kansas City. The NFL runs through Kansas City. Because the Kansas City Chiefs are a dynasty. And their quarterback is 28 years old. The Kansas City Chiefs just won a Super Bowl. Let me go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and edit this one on the fly. Because it's going to be true twice. The Kansas City Chiefs have won two Super Bowls in two years. That they were absolutely not supposed to win. Wasn't supposed to happen. Last year was their first year. Without Tyreek Hill. The offense was not supposed to work. They lost Tyreek Hill and brought in MVS and Juju? Title. This year, the receiving weapons get worse. The drops get worse. The offense is stale. It's like pulling teeth. Here they are again. It happened again. There are a lot of reasons, and there are a lot of individual players we will shout out from Chris Jones to McCole Hardman to whoever you want to pick. Lots of players are going to have earned their shine tonight and are all going to earn a great party tonight and a hell of a party on Wednesday. But there's one other thing about all of this, and then we'll start taking your calls and we'll start going to some audio, and we're gonna just we're gonna have a long night together, friends. But there's one other part of this. Just kind of thinking about it and talking through it now. That is hard for me to accept because Because it just doesn't make quite enough sense. Because it just doesn't seem like it should be true. But damn if it wasn't true for the Patriots. And if it wasn't true for the Warriors or for LeBron's teams or for the Jordan Bulls or whatever. Pick a dynasty, pick a team that ruined the lives of opposing fan bases. They just find a way. And I do have some amount of logic to try to inject into it. But when the game is up in the air, when you don't know where it's going to land, when you talk about a silly sport where the ball isn't round, For my life, for Dylan's life, and for your life, no matter how old you are, the Chiefs have been the team where that oblong ball bounces the other direction. I think now they've recovered, like, I saw Aaron Schatz tweeted, like, six of eight fumbles in the in Super Bowls the Chiefs have recovered, like, of their own fumbles or something like that. Don't I don't have the exact, I'm not fact-checking it, but something like that. Random things that go the Chiefs' way. Or really, the non-random things. When you go, all right, well... They're going to need a miracle for this one. Oh, look at that. It's a miracle. And it's not really a miracle. It's great players being great. And it's great coaches being great. 
That MVS touchdown. Dude was wide open. I'm I'm trying to remember the dots I was watching in real time, but the safety crashes down to, to double on Kelsey. I think it was Traverius Ward who also goes with Kelsey, and MVS just slides on through. He's open in the end zone. Boom, seven, easy. I mean, it's just it is right there. It is just like that. And then to win the Super Bowl in a walk off, it's not the same exact corn dog play. But McCole Hardman runs something very, very similar to that little corn dog motion. And last year, it was Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. And this year, it's 2023 New York Jet McCole Hardman. Running that motion, showing up in the end zone, ball game. Those are the plays. That make and break seasons, that make and break teams, that make and break championships, that make and break dynasties. And the Chiefs have the players and the coaches who continue to put them in the best positions in those moments. And so when Travis Kelsey, again, I'm going off the top of my head here, but I believe we we found out that on that long play late, Travis Kelsey reached, I believe, his fastest recorded sprinting speed on an NFL field in the last six seasons. It's not random. It's an extra week of rest, and Travis Kelsey's saying, believe it, man, this is it. This is all I got. We're either winning a Super Bowl, and I'm going back a little sore and drunk and thrilled, Or I'm going back sore and miserable. Let's go get it. It's just a remarkable thing. Truly a remarkable thing. This is something I've repeated. This is a broken record thing for me. This is me talking to myself just as much as it's me talking to anybody else. But man... If you, for a moment, think, oh, they did it again, sweet. This is just what it is. I guess I'm, I, maybe I'll skip the t-shirt this year. Maybe I'll, maybe I won't go to the parade this year. Stop and think about what you, what you would have told yourself if, if you from 2016 would have heard you now. If you in 2016 heard yourself in 2024 say, "Yeah, I'm just I'm not going to go down there on fr- on on Wednesday. The traffic's going to be kind of a mess." And I went there last year for the parade. I think I kind of seen it all. If you think you could say that to your past self with a straight face, "Hey, stay home on Wednesday. It's cool." For everybody else, I'll see you out there. Cannot wait. Let's kick things off with a bang. Dan from KCK. Take off for us, Dan. How you feeling? The Chiefs are Super Bowl champions and back-to-back champions at that. Oh, yeah, Joshua. It feels real good to be back-to-back champions. And, boy, Chiefs uh, just made enough plays you know, on special teams. And uh, after the Mahomes-Patrick interception, how about the defense just uh, three and out on 30, you know, and uh, that blocked a few extra points and then, uh, then, then the tie to go to overtime and then the fourth and one play by Mahomes and uh, then the touchdown to McCall Harmon. Thanks a lot, Robert Sala, for uh, releasing uh, 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 McCall Harmon. You didn't know how to use him, Joshua. I'm 
leave there Wednesday at the parade, me and my roommates. Let's go for the trippy next year. Dan, if you happen to see me, please flag me down. Everybody within the sound of my voice right now, but I mean, all the regular callers for this show here, if I get a chance to see you on Wednesday, I'd love to. I'd, uh, I'd love to. Go ahead and give me this info again here, Dylan, about our commercial break situation. Well, I'm doing some math in my head, and that's probably not going to – that's going to be a problem we'll solve here in a second. Uh, next off, let's go to George. George, you're on 810. How you doing, George? Oh. Oh. <laughs> can, we just, can we just breathe for a while, please? You can. I can't. I'll start that, tom- uh, I don't know, sometime in several hours. Do you get a pass for your 9 o'clock shift? No. No, I will uh, – I, I actually, I think we're going to be live from a rally house tomorrow. Uh, so, no, I am going to do what I can to swing uh, home and maybe just shower, change, and head out to the rally house. That's my plan. Legal amphetamines, sir. Yeah. Legal. <laughs> Legal. And so that, that's, what I'll, that's what I'll start with at least. Oh, my goodness. It was, it was an amazing experience to think that the game ended with Mahomes – Almost being a game manager. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he ran. He he was he was given MVP for running, judicious passing, uh, good time management, good game management. He, uh, uh, Rice and Kelsey were contributors, but not scorers. Uh, Chris Jones pressured, but no sacks. Uh, this is not what anyone could have imagined. It, 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 I'm wrapping my brain around it. I'm really trying to. I'm happy that the Chiefs won. You know, the team I would rather see there. <laughs> but there's no Cowboys fan in the world that wanted the 49ers to win. Hey, there we go. We're on the same side there, too. Uh, so, yes, the enemy of my enemy. <laughs> um, it, I will tell you. The real estate market right now in Kansas City should be very grateful for Travis Kelsey's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Because somebody's going to be looking for roots around here. <laughs> okay? I'll stay in my spot. She can move in next door if she wants, though. There, there you go. It's, it's wonderful to see this. Just, again, look at the decade. The decade we've had the Royals almost and then win. Yep. We've had perennial sporting championships. You know, we've had the Chiefs. We've had KU perennials in the Final Four. It's just, we are a blessed market. And the, the, there must be something in the water. That's all I can say. And I just expect greater things from the sporting community to thrive off of what the Chiefs have brought to this market. Uh, normally you and I are, are, are throwing bits back and forth to each other. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to be in awe of the moment. I want to take it in. I'm glad I'm living in this area. I think, um, you know, there's no such thing as an unlucky 13 right now. <laughs> That's uh, it's, it's, uh, the Chiefs won, uh, won by over 21. There's that streak going on again. Mm. Um, yeah, and if you were playing squares and you had two and five, <laughs> okay, you, then you really had a good run. It's 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 amazing, sir. Best of success to you and yours. Uh, the world has spun in a very wonderful direction for this coming year. Um, let's 
you know, let's not even say go Chiefs. Let's keep on Chiefs. George, I appreciate you as always, my friend. Thank you very much. Adios. We are in a blessed market, as George said there. Let that one sink in. Speaking of talking to your past self, until that makes sense. That's an impossible, impossible thing. Next up, we got Rodney. Rodney, you're on 810. How you doing, Rodney? I'm doing ecstatic over here on the <laughs> East Coast. <laughs> um, I want to piggyback on that, and I want to put in perspective of Brett Veach staff with what Chiefs Kingdom don't understand what just happened here. We, with anybody, the, 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 the draft heads who love the NFL draft, just what happened with this win, we would never trade up. The trade, the, the cost of trading up is going to cost a lot. Mm-hmm. So we might as well just forget about trading up. It's not going to happen. So they figured out what we were going to do with 32, but trading up is, is, is not going to happen. Ain't nobody going to deal with Everybody going to have the Chiefs on block. <laughs> no phone calls coming in. That's true, I think. Because you, you, you get rid of Tyreek Hill and, and win two chips. That's impossible. So and now it's like, well, what can we do? You led the league in drops. You have the offensive line with the with the most penalties in the NFL. Mahomes had the most interception in his career. You had the lowest point per game in your in Mahomes' career right now, and you still found a way to win. Like, well, what, well, like, well, what more can you do? I don't know. This is supposed to be the rock bottom year. That's right. And you have an opportunity to get better. Oh no! And now, first of all, Tom Brady's going to be. At a booth, and he can sit back and tell Patrick Mahomes, "Now you're gonna get the hate that I get." Mm-hmm. Welcome to the legendary club. I'm retired now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's it's a simple fact of they had to figure it out. Yeah, they had to figure it out. And the one props I want to give, because to me, Brock Purdy is a game manager. I'm not saying nothing bad about him. Mm-hmm. He was not taking no chances deep. That secondary was sticky. Nearly caused a couple of interceptions, but the secondary was sticky. Just be a game manager. But I want to give a big shout-out to Felix and Medike Uzama and that whole entire defense line and Joe Cullen. Because mm-hmm. he just made the the one, the unstoppable, the under the great wall, the unbeatable Trent Williams look worse than Donovan Smith. He got worked over by anybody. If it wasn't Chris Jones, it was George. If it wasn't George, it was Mike Dana. If it wasn't Mike Dana, it was Phoenix. You could you put anybody in front of him. He got worked over. Trent Williams is not the best left tackle in the NFL. I, I will argue that with anybody. But as far as what Mahomes did, people got us. Romo mentioned that Mahomes and Rasheed Rice was drawn against each other. I bet you Mahomes, I bet you they didn't say nothing about Mahomes going to go apologizing to Rasheed Rice when he saw that that last play in the uh, before going into overtime, mm-hmm. kicking that field goal. Rasheed Rice was wide open. Mm-hmm. Game was over right there. Mm-hmm. So yes, Rasheed Rice had every right to get upset. Hey, we just this is a Super Bowl. We don't got time for no mistakes. I'm following your lead, fifteen. I'm following your lead, and your lead is set to perfection right here. I was wide open. I was wide open, and he knows that. That's why he fed him in overtime. Yep. Hey, it, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I look at it like this. 
This is supposed to be the rock bottom year, and they won a Super Bowl. Wait till they get better. I know. This is a wrap. I know. <laughs> this is a wrap. They not. They. This is supposed to be rock bottom. This is. This supposed to be. This is it. They supposed to be here. That just can't get that. You're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be here, and you did. The draft is going to be a funny day. I'm going to listen up here. Rodney, oh, you always bring it, my friend. Appreciate it, man. You're so right. They weren't supposed to be here. Last year, the Eagles had a Super Bowl. That was their year. Whoops. This year, it was, in the, it was in the logo colors. This year needed to be the Ravens or the Niners Super Bowls, especially once Burrow got hurt, you knew. Now, I don't even mean him getting hurt the first time because they, like, they were looking a little bit frisky again. They came back, and then he gets hurt again, so they're out of it. This was the shot for Baltimore or San Francisco. Last year was the shot for, for Philadelphia. You have this is a, a topic that's come up a few times. We talked about it on the zone some. I can't remember where like the idea originated. I mean, probably with like a million different people coming to this conclusion independently, but whatever. But if you do think about who is quote unquote supposed to win each year, I think you can do a pretty like kind of fun version of that when you're on the right side of history, as the Chiefs are. You can look around and go, like, oh, no, you blew it, actually. This this is the year that it made sense for you to get to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. And the Chiefs came in and snatched it from you. So if you want to win, you're going to have to snatch one back from the Chiefs. Good luck. Next up, we got Jerry. Jerry, you're on 810. How you doing, Jerry? Hi, Josh. How you doing, buddy? I am fantastic, my friend. How are you? Oh, pretty good. I'm glad you said friend. Whether it's foe or real, I'm happy to be one. I'm I'm happy to have you as one, Jerry. What's on your mind? Oh, I I was just watching the game with my brother. I live in St. Joe, and we have a little neighborhood bar right next to 36 Highway, and uh, they're all Chiefs fans. So on Sundays, they open up to watch the Chiefs game, especially the Super Bowl. For me, I wanted to remind you of something. I called you way back in preseason, and I, the guy that you talked to a little bit earlier, he tried to make like four points. He had four points he wanted to make, and it took him about three and a half, four minutes to make three points, and I think he forgot the last one, bless <laughs> his heart. But right before it was my turn, you were talking a little bit, and you took my point that I was going to make. So I let you know that you took my point, and then you were real gracious with me. And I had to hurry up and decide, well, I've got these 17 other points I wanted to make. <laughs> and I had you laughing because you thought I was actually going to try and do that. But I said my 17 points in three three seconds. Do you remember what the 17 points were? I sure don't, man, but I'm on the edge of my seat to find out. I cannot wait. What were they? It was when that guy said that, and I said, well, the 17 points I want to make are – that's how many receivers Patrick Mahomes threw to. You should remember that. <laughs> oh, man, it's a good one. Now, I for, I couldn't believe it. I don't think McCole Hardman was there earlier. He wouldn't have year. been. He got rid of him last year, right? Yep, that's exactly right. Okay, the, the one receiver that won the game for him was not even on the team, and I never would have thought 
in preseason with 17 receivers catching a ball from Patrick Mahomes that they would have had so much trouble with the receiving core this year. But they all came back together, and I can't call it luck. It's destiny. Hmm. I'll try and be quick and let you go, but since Thanksgiving, I have got to post things on Patrick Mahomes' private page. Mm -hmm. And do you know that the guy was so kind to reach back out to me to thank me for some of the the good vibes I sent his way and Mm -hmm. the good positive posts and everything? And the last one was when he was in Vegas just here the other day. I had this song run through my head, and I hope this doesn't bother you, but P.O.D., there's a song called Boom. Do you remember the song, or do you ever heard of it? I remember P.O.D. for sure. I don't know if I remember the song. Okay, here comes the boom. Oh, sure. Okay. Absolutely. That song. Uh I I love the video, but I didn't realize Patrick and Brittany were ping-pong players. Uh So when I I posted on this thing that I I said, I, I told him, I love all you guys. I love... Everything you guys do, you're, it's very heartwarming seeing everything that you do. I hope you show everybody what's up. I said, I got this song run through my head, and it was P.O.D. Boom. Well, he sent me back a message. He's like, oh, I, I feel your good vibes because I sent that to him. He's like, oh, yeah, I feel your good vibes. I, I love your positive messages. And, yeah, that that track is a good track to get pumped up to. <laughs> and it was just neat that I guess I don't have to say the whole thing, but – it's so cool that our quarterback, even though he finds it awkward to talk to fans or even text back with them, that he will reach out to some of us every once in a while. And you guys being there, since I lost my mom last year, I was her care care partner, caregiver for like seven of the last eight years. And so I started calling you guys last Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that coined the phrase, I love the Josh Briscoe Super Bowl bedtime story. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting ready. I'll probably be asleep before you say bye, Mom. Probably so. so. I love it when you say that because it makes me think of my mom, too. She was blessed when she passed, 94 years old. Wow. It was freaking awesome. But this game meant more to me than you could ever possibly imagine, more than I could ever tell you. And I know I'm just ranting on and on, not giving you any kind of stats, but I gave you my stats. Yeah. 17 different receivers caught a ball from Patrick Mahomes in preseason. And we couldn't find those guys the rest of the year. Somehow they pulled it out, though. Somehow just, they – go ahead, Jerry. I'm high, I'm high as a kite. Yeah. Jerry, I, uh, I I really appreciate all the kind words there, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us and for calling in as much as you have these last couple of years. And uh, hope uh, hope it was a great experience to get to experience several of those with your mom and now uh, one more for the Chiefs to keep it going. I appreciate you, man. Can I say one thing? Sure. I hope I don't have to wait till next football season to talk to you guys again. But if I do, it's been a pleasure. And I'm glad Dylan is on my side and always rooting for the Chiefs and picking them. Dylan's you definitely. Guys will, you guys are great. I think you guys are awesome. Jerry, I, I appreciate that, my friend. Thank you very much for uh, listening and hanging out with us tonight. Thank you. I, that's uh, a lot of kind words, and uh, it's been a pleasure to do this show all year. And uh, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll get real mushy about everything as we get deeper into the AM here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. We gotta take. We gotta take a break here in a second. But one more call because Kyle's been on since the jump here. Kyle, appreciate you waiting, my friend. What's going on? How you feeling, Kyle? Oh man, how about those shoes? How about them, Kyle? Yes, sir. 
No, I was just saying, I was answering your hypothetical. Well, how about them? How about those cheese? <laughs> the, uh, some points I want to make. Uh, first point is this Super Bowl was more personal for me because Troy Aikman said this, I believe, four years ago. Until he has thirty three of my super thirty three percent of my Super Bowl wins, then talk to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's tied Troy Aikman now. Sure has, and he's beaten Troy Aikman's record touchdown records because I looked up Troy Aikman's greatest stats. Troy Aikman's overrated, and uh, so uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I could say is uh, I just want to say take that Troy Aikman uh, because this Super Bowl was personal and I and so I am super glad the Chiefs won because now I hope Troy Aikman shuts up. I just wanted him. I just hope now he can shut up. That's that. That's one point. <laughs> uh, the second point is. Is my uh, me? And my, I watched the game with my dad. It was just me and my dad. And me and him, when when uh, McCole Harmon caught that winning touchdown pass, uh, me and him hugged it out. Uh, in all game long, we were nervous, tense, you know, talking about, you know, the game, Romo. But when McCole Harmon caught that game-winning touchdown pass, I'll never forget when me and my dad uh, hugged it out. Um, and uh, I got emotional a couple times. Yeah. Uh, so it was. Uh, this is a memory I'm going to have uh, for the rest of my uh, life. It's a good memory. Yeah. And I forget to tell you, Josh, but a long time ago, back in '03, one of my very first Chiefs games, uh, Tony Gonzalez threw a pass and uh, threw a pass or threw a football in the stands before the game, and my dad caught it with one hand, and I got to keep that uh, the game ball. Wow. Um, and that's how I became a longtime Chiefs fan. That's awesome. Because I will never forget one of my very first games at Arrowhead. So this game was pretty emotional for me and pretty personal for me. Um, but and I don't mean to. But I know you got other callers. I know you got to get the break real quick. But uh, two point. Uh, there's two points I, I would like to make. One is the defense made plays. When they needed to, defense was good all year long. I think that if you, I mean, the overtime, 22 points, but but if you look at it, Chiefs held the 49ers under 20 points if you don't go in the overtime. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs, I mean, the offense struggled, but let me tell you, as long as we got Mahomes, no matter how bad our wide receivers are, no matter, no bet, no, it doesn't matter who we have. As long as you got Mahomes, he's gonna win you a game. He's yeah. gonna win. The bit. He's gonna win. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. Last year was supposed to rebuild, be the rebuilding year. This year was supposed to be our down year because of the drop passes, and we still end up being Super Bowl champs. Yeah. I, I, and by the way, it's only going to get better from here on out because I guarantee you, in the off season, Brett Beach is looking at some free agent wide receivers, mm. and we're just going to be better. <laughs> That's what's it's, scary about this football team. That is what is going to scare teams, is that this team is going to get better and better and better. So uh, thank you for taking my call, Josh, and I hope you guys have a blessed evening. 
Hey, listen, Kyle, uh, always appreciate hearing from you, my friend, and uh, we will have a wonderful evening. I'm pretty confident in that uh, already. I will uh, I will note this, a quick story about one of the things that Kyle mentioned there. And I also, this always happens during Super Bowl shows, and it happened with Kyle, and it happened with Jerry, and I want to leave the door open for it all night. The emotional moments that you share with different members of your family or your friends or whatever in moments like this, man, that's... That's what sports are actually here for, right? Those those moments and those connections and the stressful moments of everybody screaming and cursing and yelling at the TV, maybe maybe not pulling from personal experience. Um, Renee came in and watched the game here. That's my wife, everybody. I know I'm married now. I uh, wasn't last Super Bowl. She was saying as she was leaving that uh, in every year in the past, she's gotten to make a joke about like Mahomes having more rings than she does because he won his first one before she got hers, and then he won his second one before we got married, and now he's at three, and I'm like, honey, I'm not made out of diamonds. If you want another ring, maybe go win a Super Bowl. I don't know. I got you your one. But those connections and those moments that you build, that's what ties all of us together. That's what ties this Chiefs team back to the Chiefs team that fell short in Super Bowl one. It's what ties your memories to sports, to your parents and your grandparents and people who are still here to celebrate those moments with and, and people who aren't here anymore who you know would have loved these moments. That's part of all of this. And so I'm I'm happy for everybody to pick different players to spotlight and, and I'm going to keep talking about different aspects of the game. We'll hear from a lot of different players and hear the audio and all of that. But if you want to call in and talk at 2 a.m. about what this game means to your relationship with somebody else in your life. I'm cool with that. I I think that's a special way of doing this that really you don't get a guarantee to do ever here in Kansas city. We've gotten to do three times in five years, but we're not going to get to do it again until February, 2025. If everything goes well and we get really lucky, I know that much. So let's enjoy and appreciate what this moment is now. If you're on hold now, we'll take your calls on the other side of this break, and then we're going to take another timeout, and then we'll come back and hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, other audio from the day, and we'll keep bringing you more audio throughout the night. We're going to be here for a nice long evening with you and uh, celebrate this Super Bowl. But first, I wanted to explain something that Kyle mentioned. I'm not sure if Kyle knew this, and I'm not sure how many people know the origins of all of this, but he's right when he says that Troy Aikman... Uh, had something for uh, for Patrick Mahomes many years ago. I guess, in fact, I've kind of got it up. I can give you the exact dates, but where this all began... Go ahead, Dylan. You wanna... I was just going to say, I, I'm sorry to even say this because we've been all waiting for your response here. I, so please I, continue. I was so ready for it at the drop of the game that I kind of forgot to circle back here in the postgame show. So it was actually... September 23rd, 2019. A Twitter account at The Athletic KC was actually quoting one of their podcast hosts at the time because there was a little show over on The Athletic called Times Ours featuring Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor, and me. I didn't know this was going to happen, <laughs> but but I was trying to put the incredible start to the career into context for Patrick Mahomes. And so what I said on Times Ours was just a true statistic. 
I said Patrick Mahomes has thrown 36% of Troy Aikman's career touchdowns in about 8% of the games. Now, that's incredible. It was also a little cherry-picky, right? Mahomes was throwing a ton of touchdowns. Aikman did not throw that many touchdowns for his standing and number of games played in the NFL and NFL history and all of that. But that's what the tweet was that went out there that eventually started this whole firestorm with Troy Aikman. I said on a podcast that doesn't exist anymore. Shout out to Only Weird Games. But I said on a podcast that doesn't exist anymore, Patrick Mahomes has thrown 36% of Troy Aikman's career touchdowns in about 8% of the games. Troy Aikman quote tweeted that by saying, talk to me when he has 33% of my Super Bowl titles. Now I've reached out and unfortunately I've not heard back from Troy after 33% or 66%. But I think if he looked over at his phone, he should hear something from me or more fittingly from Patrick Mahomes at this point. Go and look at your phone, Troy. Ring, ring, ring. First and goal at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front, receiver motion, low snap. He runs and he throws. Caught, touchdown! It's caught! Harden caught the ball! The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won! The entire bench empties! Chasing Mahomes in the end zone! Their third Super Bowl in five years! The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions! It is a dynasty! The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 58, 25-22 in overtime. The absolute greatest. Patrick Mahomes and Kevin Harlan. That is our Magic Mahomes moment brought to you by Champion Heating and Cooling. Keep your family warm this winter with their Champion Premium Furnace. Find your local Champion dealer at championhomecomfort.com. And don't forget to ask about their free 10-year parts and labor warranty. Always leading, never compromising. Championhomecomfort.com. Ran a little corndog-looking motion, and all of a sudden... One of the Chiefs' up-and-down speedsters scores a touchdown in the Super Bowl. A bizarrely familiar set of circumstances for the Kansas City Chiefs. They go back-to-back, the first team to do it in about 20 years since the Patriots pulled it off. And Kansas City not only has a Super Bowl champion, not only has a back-to-back champion, Kansas City has a dynasty I never thought I'd see the day. And if you did, you're a liar. <laughs> I don't mean I don't mean when they drafted Mahomes or won the first one or any of those points. At some point in there, you begin to believe and you begin to see the future. I want you to tell 
I don't remember how old I was. However old I was, freezing, literally like being worried about my toes. And what may have been now like the second or third coldest game in NFL in, in, in Arrowhead history. But I think it was Tyler Thigpen out there running around against the Dolphins, if memory serves. It may not because my brain was frozen solid. Uh, or any of those years that you watched. Not to, you know, I'm gonna, we're shouting out guys of, of Chiefs past history in a positive way. If you're watching... Brody Croyle, Damon Heward, or Tyler Thigpen, Tyler Palco, Kyle Orton, Alex Smith, and I mean, uh, uh, Matt Castle, and then, and then eventually Alex Smith as like the bridge into this era. I actually remember some of those teams more fondly now. Some of those sort of beleaguered, sad Chiefs teams that weren't good enough to do anything. And then those sort of charming teams that were just good enough to maybe, maybe, maybe squeak into the playoffs or maybe grab the division and be excitable for a little bit in there. Tell that version of yourself what you'd be watching and see what, your, what the look your past self would give you. There's, there's, there's basically nothing I would have believed less in 2010 than, hey, <laughs> in 25 years... Make it, make it what, 2009 for this? Hey, in 25 years. I'm, I'm too far ahead now. I've skipped too far down the line. Sorry, everybody. I freaked you out your, uh, your, your time, your, your, uh, space time continuum. You could have, you could have told me in any window, let's make it. Let's go 2004. Hey, in 20 years. This team is going to be in perhaps the early years of its dynastic phase. How could you have possibly ever believed that? And now here they are. That's not even arguable. It's just a fact. Your only two options are approve of and appreciate reality or argue for something that does not, that simply is not true. And we're, we're in a place where the Chiefs are a dynasty. Let's enjoy that, Kansas City. We're going to be here for a while. Uh, I am Joshua Briscoe. Dylan Michaels is across the glass. Kyle Collier and Covell Hudson are producing around the building as well. The Chiefs are Super Bowl champions, back-to-back champions, champions for the third time in five years, and an absolute stone-cold dynasty. Back to the phones, and we got here. I, just so everybody knows, I don't want to like be making anybody wait or whatever. We got the phones blocked out right now. If you're on the phone line right now, we're going to take your call this segment. Then we're going to take a break, come back, and hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. After we hear from Reid and Mahomes and go through some more of the audio, I will reopen the phones and we'll take more calls and keep doing kind of that pattern throughout the night. So we will take more calls later on. I'll tell you when we open the phone lines back up, but I don't want anybody to be waiting on hold for 45 minutes and not knowing when we're going to do all that. So if you're on the line right now, we're going to talk to you this segment. If you're not on the line right now, it's going to be probably closer to one before we go through our next round of calls after we hear from the coach and the quarterback. That's the game plan, making sure we're all on the same page because it's not our first rodeo, but we're going to party like it is. And we're going to go to Brady. Brady, you're on 810, my friend. How you, uh, how you doing? How you feeling as the Chiefs submit? the dynasty dread it run from it destiny arrives all the same josh <laughs> uh i and before i get too much into the game josh uh do you remember that uh fateful december evening and uh at meet mitch where i met you seth yes and Tucker? yes absolutely hey i was you know what i was thinking brady that's a funny name to have right now we're talking about the patriots you you may be the only brady i've ever met but now i've uh, talked to you multiple times yeah, yeah. I not to be confused with 
Uh, I, I won't call him a bum, Tom Brady, but uh, he, he, I've heard I've heard he's pretty good. But uh, I, I I think I, I'll take our guy right now, man. But Me too. It's just it, it it's so surreal thinking what this team has accomplished from the depths of whatever you want to call this season earlier earlier in the in the year. Frustrating game after game after game. And just seeing that ultimately, the like it doesn't matter. Fifteen is inevitable, mm. and I don't know how often we can say that, um, or I, I don't know how I don't know if I can say that enough. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of the greatest feelings that I think you can have as a sports fan. Um, but one thing I did want to point out that I don't know if I don't know if you've already touched on it. I don't think so, but. My apologies if it's been reiterated. Um, according to Aaron Schatz, who is the man who invented DVOA, and mm-hmm. you may have seen this on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, but for anyone who uh, hasn't seen it, uh, DVOA is just an advanced metric uh, that pretty much calculates the team's success based on down-to-down distance and uh, for each play um, and kind of compiles all that into how good a team is. Aaron Schatz, who invented that metric, says that this Chiefs postseason run, home to Miami, at Buffalo, at Baltimore, San Francisco in the Super Bowl, is the hardest path to win a Super Bowl in the history of the NFL. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's up for debate because this metric hasn't been you know, around very often. Mm-hmm. But just think about that. This team did almost the impossible. Yeah. <laughs> and they beat four out of the top five MVP candidates. Four out of the top five league MVP candidates. That's right. I don't know where Johnny Gomes is right now, yes. but for anyone who remembers that Royals parade, yes. he, nah, we don't got him. But we beat them too. So I'll, I'll hang up and listen, but Josh just wanted to call and say, I, I can't believe this is our life right now. I'm literally the LeBron James meme where he's like, <laughs> Smiling through it all. I can't believe this is our life. That's where we're at, man, Brady. I appreciate it, man. Good to good to hear from you again. And you're a thousand percent right. Both about, yeah, that Aaron Schatz DVOA thing. I, I did refer to it very early on without having the exact metrics or how extreme the, the final phrasing was there, so I appreciate that. That again, this was the hardest it's supposed to be, man. The path was the hardest. The issues were the most severe. This team was the most flawed. And how did that season end? I also love the Johnny Gomes thing. I saw somebody tweet something about it earlier this week. I had forgotten about it until you mentioned it just now. Don't have the MVP? Beat him. Don't have the Offensive Player of the Year? Beat him. Don't have any of those top MVP vote-getters? Beat him. It's a testament to this defense. It's a testament to everybody on this team who is not named Patrick Mahomes. And obviously, it's also a testament to Patrick Mahomes being the greatest quarterback of all time. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Keep it moving. What? Who said that? Did I say that? I don't want to get too caught up in GOAT stuff for Mahomes. I think it's great to get caught up in it for Kelsey because he's on the the the, the last third of his career. I'm not cutting that man short at all. I, he can stay around for as long as he wants. But whatever. Back nine of Travis Kelsey's career. We can talk about GOAT status and all that because he's, he's closer to hit the end of his career than Mahomes is to his. So I don't want to get too deep in the first take weeds the rest of the week about, you know, Mahomes, Brady, whatever. 
Not you, Brady. The Tom one. I don't get too deep in all that because I think in a lot of ways it is it is distracting from the moment. And the moment right now is that what was the Dylan? You may have to you may have to fact check me because just like blasted by on the TV screen. I guess I didn't process it fully. It's that Patrick Mahomes is now standalone and third all time in postseason wins. Yep, behind only Joe Montana and Tom Brady. He actually just separated himself from Peyton Manning and the likes of many others as well. I think it was 13 or 14. I can't remember. It was 14 because his record was 14 and 3. He's alone. Oh, yeah, you're right, because he was a full season. Right, yeah. Now he's 15 and 3. <laughs> Come on. This is our life. This is our life. When this team went 14 and 3 in a regular season, or obviously go back to the 16 game calendars, I'm going 13 and 3 in regular seasons. The Chiefs with 13 and 3? Is it my birthday? So Patrick Mahomes is now 15 and 3 in the effing playoffs. When you lose, your season ends. And he's only lost three playoff games. He has won as many Super Bowls as he has lost. Playoff games. What? All of that to say, we can do goat stuff in five years and it'll be, we'll have more information then. Maybe the conversation will be over then. But right now, Mahomes is basically third in postseason success, the thing that always ends up being a tiebreaker over talent and regular season production. He's third in postseason success at age 28. I mean, he has, what, eight, nine years now before he has to win his fourth before you can actually say again that Brady's better or Brady is not on God. the same path. Like, think about that because yeah. Brady went from 04 to 14. Because that drought starts now. Correct. <laughs> So if he wins before that in any fashion, it's over. And I, to me, it's over now. Yeah. I don't. I've seen Brady the first three years. It wasn't this. Brady was great in the second chapter, and he had three separate Hall of Fame careers. And I think we're yeah. starting to see that with Patrick. I where think he's you're going right. to have three separate Hall of Fame careers in a single career. It's a great point, Dylan. That Brady's Brady's early production. And his early wins were spectacular for the team, but not not the parts of the Tom Brady highlight reel that are going to mostly litter his his Hall of Fame induction. That's going to be a lot of stuff from the back half. And Patrick Mahomes isn't in the back half yet. He's 28. It's unbelievable. All right, next up we go to Richard. Richard, you're on 810. Sorry for making you wait. I keep forgetting how wild it is the Chiefs have won back-to-back Super Bowls. What's up, Richard? Josh, let me just tell you something, brother. Ain't nobody more excited about this parade Wednesday than me. I just loaded up a budget truck moving from Washington State. I've been a Chief fan since I was 12 years old, back in the old AFC West days with the Seahawks. I've lived out there my whole life. My kids are all grown now. I'm moving out to Blue Springs, and I'm telling you what, brother, I'm sitting at Little America Truck Stop in Wyoming getting ready to sleep tonight. I'm rolling into town tomorrow, and you best believe I will be at that parade Wednesday with bells on. Hell yeah. This has been 
a lifetime of me as a fan. I mean, I'm at the apex. The only thing that's going to beat this is actually being at an actual Super Bowl, which I don't make enough money for that. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, brother, I talk to you guys through your show all the time. I text in all the time. I've been listening to you guys for like the last 10 years. And me and you actually share a birthday. I no wish kidding. you a happy birthday before. So I just want to say thank you for your time, but I got to get some sleep. I've been on the road since 7.30 PST time, and I got to get in town and get that parade. Dude. I'll let you go, brother. Thank you for your time. Absolutely, Richard. Get some rest. Thank you for hanging out to tell us that. Happy, obviously, far-belated birthday, but really, congratulations on holding strong as a fellow uh, two-days-before-Christmas birthday haver. It's a tough life. Makes you strong. And I truly hope I see as many of you as possible out at the parade. I, I imagine we're going to be doing the Zone Live from out there on Wednesday. And uh, last year, I hung out the window. This year, maybe I Jason Kelsey it at some point. I'm going to be at the eye level. And I, let's just be honest. I have the build. I'm saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance that happens on Wednesday, and I would uh, I'd love to see you out there. And if you wouldn't love to see that, I get it. I understand. Next up, we go to Christian. Christian, you're on 810. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I am fantastic. Yeah, I'm uh, actually uh, doing better than that. Um, I'm, uh, I'm actually uh, calling from Pinehurst, uh, North Carolina, and uh, listen to you guys, you know, pretty much as much as I can uh, to get my uh, Chiefs fix and, uh, and K-State fix uh, as much as I can. And uh, this was probably the most incredible game uh, I've seen uh, the Chiefs play. Just from, uh, just from a standpoint of, uh, of seeing, seeing everything they've gone through this entire season. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, with two or three uh, uh, weeks left in the season, you know, I, I wasn't sure they were, uh, were going to pull it out. Yeah, <laughs> fair, and, reasonable. They ruined Christmas. I mean, uh, you know, you live out here on the East Coast, and, man, if there's one thing I hate about living in North Carolina – East Coast times sucks. <laughs> I mean, don't, for everybody that lives in Kansas City, and I grew up there. Yeah. Don't take that for granted. Yeah. Don't take that for granted. It's it's that in Mountain Time, best time zones in the world. Agree. Good take. And uh, and you know, I by the way, want to say, you know, to the uh, to Eric and. And and Bev, back in uh, in KC, love you. Um, but um, it was it was fantastic that 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 pass to uh, Mikkel <laughs> at the uh, at the very end. My daughters and my wife were jumping up and down before I could even move. It was incredible, and. Uh, you know, I, I just want to let you guys know that every time I wear I che- wear Chiefs gear, I was at Lowe's a day ago, and uh, and and I'm walking out, and 
woman walking in goes, go Chiefs. And next thing you know, we're, we're oh, are you from Missouri? No, I'm from Kansas. Hmm. Well, you know, when I went to, I went to the University of Kansas, and, uh, and, and next thing you know, we're, we're talking for 10 minutes. Um, there's great Chiefs fans all over the place, and, and we're all so excited, and I'm trying to, to find a way to get back for the, for the parade. And, uh, you know, I, I can't be more excited for the, for the city, for the team. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, it was, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, listen, Christian, I appreciate it. And if we see you out there at the parade, that's great. Hey, also I'll mention again, Christian, I appreciate the call. Good luck uh, get, making it back here if you can. And if not, again, I think we're going to have great coverage for you on Wednesday of the parade. We'll try to set the scene as best we can. I, I can't wait to be back out there for it. One more call here, aptly named Josh. Josh, uh, you're on 810. How you doing? Hey, thanks, 810. Hey, one thing I'm looking forward to is the narrative of Back to back to back. Can these guys hold up over the long term? Because, you know, hey, back to back champions, baby. Uh, you mentioned things about connections with family and friends. I'm 43. I was at 95, 97, 2003 playoff losses. I've been through the 90s with my dad growing up, and I just want to, you know, trying hard not to cry. You know, we've been through the DeBerg years. Gosh, I've been in the stands, people hauling for Mark Vlasic to come out. Uh, anyways, Kevin Harlan was a big part of that, so it's really cool to hear him do like the Super Bowl calls. Um, the third thing I want to mention, 49ers, they almost felt like a, a Chiefs team in the 90s that made the Super Bowl but couldn't quite get over the hump because they're facing the stud, and mm-hmm. we had the stud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it never really felt like, you know, until the fourth quarter, maybe, that the Chiefs were going to – I never felt the Chiefs were going to pull that one out. Never, you know, I felt like they could, but anyway, to wrap it up, L.A. handing over the trophy at the Raiders field. Yes. As the Chiefs get their fourth Super Bowl trophy to beat both franchises, baby. Let's go, Chiefs. Who would have thought it a few years ago? I'm 43, lived most of my life without this being a possibility, and here we are, baby. Let's go, Chiefs. Thank you guys for everything you do. Let's go Chiefs Kingdom. Josh, I appreciate it, my man. It is such a good thing to note that at the stage, you had Broncos legend John Elway handing the Lombardi Trophy over to be presented to the Kansas City Chiefs on the field for the Las Vegas Raiders mere moments after MVS planted a Chiefs flag at the 50 in Allegiant Stadium. A perfect, perfect moment of AFC West modern history. What you got, Dylan? Who has it? Us? No! We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and we'll hear from the two main architects of this team's success. A lot of people get to claim some credit, but nobody more than Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We'll hear from the head coach and the quarterback next on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show celebrating the Kansas City Chiefs going back to back.
Third down seven. 33 is San Francisco. McKinn in the back. Shotgun snap to Mahomes. Drops back. Left tackle back. Goes to Kelsey. 30. Runs far side. 25. 20. Second 15. Knock out of bounds in the 12. Knock out of bounds in the San Francisco 12. Catch and run, Kelsey. 23 yards. And a player down for the Niners on the far sideline. Travis Kelsey comes up with one of the biggest plays for the Chiefs with nine seconds left in regulation. That moment was sweet, that moment was speedy, and that was Travis Kelsey making that our sweet play of the game brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Stop by Andy's Frozen Custard, grab an 87 concrete, and help Travis's 87 and running foundation with every purchase. Do good while eating deliciousness. Andy's, top your day with a smile. Not going to be hard to start our days with smiles around here for a while. The Kansas City Chiefs are world champions all over again. And I've really enjoyed talking to everybody so far uh, on the phone lines because there has been a chorus of good vibes, great appreciation for what this season has been, for what this team has accomplished, and for what it means to this city. All of that means a lot to me in this moment because I think the best thing we can do with being now, not an exaggeration, perhaps the most spoiled sports city in America, what we will not do is apologize. What we will not do is try to help some other teams get some trophies here and there. That's not what we do. But I think it's okay to acknowledge how incredibly good we have it. As long as we are appreciating how good we have it each step along the way. I'm trying to do that. It's one of the reasons I say it many times a show and moments like these in the playoffs. But please, take your out-of-body experience and look at where you are now. And then make sure you are in your own body experiencing all of this in real time. Because it's just unbelievable. I think everyone's going to have varying forms of this, but for me, it's that I have to think about, like, how the postgame shows have gone throughout the Super Bowls, plural. I I remember the first one pretty clearly for a lot of the moments of of the, the AFC Championship game against the Titans and then the Super Bowl over the Niners. Niner, uh, Chiefs Bucks is a little fuzzier. That's not even a joke. It just is a little fuzzier. It was frustrating and sad. I think we all kind of mentally were checking out a little earlier on. And last year was just, it just felt like a, a clash of the Titans. No pun intended. Some of those big plays standing out. This year, my experience has a lot of funny little funny little snapshots we were watching it in a different room than we usually watch it in and having just to put it kindly some connectivity issues here and there and so I didn't see the pass to Travis Kelsey live the first time not that one but the one in the red zone the second to last play of the game because as we lost the connection on our HDTV feed We just picked up our stuff and sprinted down the hall to come and look on the 
more dubious TV screens to watch Patrick Mahomes find McCole Hardman to win in a walk-off. And then the celebration. We did. I don't even know if we all got our feet completely set. Then it was the jubilation of the Chiefs have done it again. Oh, thank God. This show is going to be so much more fun to do than the alternative. <laughs> I like thinking about those moments, even the uh, unglamorous ones, the inglorious ones. Because those are the things that are now separating one Super Bowl from another, which is pretty wild. This year will be the first Chief Super Bowl I've watched with Renee, and that ultimately became me and Renee and Covell and Germ all in that room, while Dylan and Kyle eventually cloistered themselves into the room that had the radio call here because Kevin Harlan is a radio god and because you guys switched up the juju. And if I sw- yeah, if I switch seats here in Kansas City, for some reason, that will affect the game in Las Vegas, Nevada. Many, many times I was like, should we just go get them and just tell them to come back in here to watch it on the bigger screen, even though the internet setup was, again, dubious? And I, no, I don't want to, I don't want to fight Dylan's own juju in the way that, I don't, listen, I don't really, I'm not superstitious and I'm barely even a little stitious, but if that's where Dylan's at right now, and Dylan feels like he's doing his 111th by watching in a different room. That's fine. That's okay. As long as everyone's having a good time and being in the spot they're supposed to be in, we're good here. But that's a, a short version of what it was like for us to watch this game. I, I, I like hearing how people have watched this game in different places. We've already heard from North Carolina and I think Wyoming. I'm not sure I wrote that down. I'm sorry. Um, Yes, in Wyoming for Richard on his way back for the parade. There we go. I did write it down. Last week we got Spain and Italy, I think, or in the AFC Championship game post-game show. All of this is so personal in the ways that, if we're being super honest, most people don't care about. Like in the the narrow version of like, how, uh, well, where were you when you watched the game? Most people are like, well, what I did was I did, because we're all experiencing it differently. But I am happy for you to share it on this show tonight, because I want you to appreciate how you watched this game, and I want it to hopefully inspire other people to do the same. Maybe you're watching by yourself. Maybe you're watching on weird circumstances. Maybe you're watching on your phone on a plane. Maybe you're watching at PNL. Maybe you're watching. On a, on a standard definition TV, maybe you were watching in Vegas. Maybe it was with, maybe you were alone, maybe with your friends and family, maybe you were with thousands of equally exuberant people. No matter how it was, I hope you've appreciated what you saw tonight. Because this wasn't just the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl, and it wasn't just them going back-to-back. It was also them cementing their status as a dynasty. A word I'm not going to get tired of saying tonight, because that's the word of the day. The word of the day today is dynasty. As it's now officially Monday, by the way, uh, here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Kansas City. Again, Joshua Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, Covell Hudson, Kyle Collier with you here for the show tonight. And let's go ahead and hear from the head coach. Or go ahead, Dylan. You wanna, you, you got... I was just going to tag your yeah, dynasty please. thing. We're, tag in. we're the team of the decade. Undeniably. There's, there's really only five or six. Now we're in that, you know, it goes Steelers, Niners, Cowboys, 
Patriots twice, and now us. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It's kind of, I don't know how you splice it up from the, like, if you want to go, it's certainly if you take a 10-year span, this 10-year span belongs to the Chiefs, and they're probably just going to keep just bop, bop, the Pac-Man, waka, 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 waka. We won 19 and 20, so I'm kind of yeah. getting a little, you know, I'm, I'm stretching it a bit. No, but. I think, well, I guess the 19 Super Bowl was in, in February 2020. 2020. Yeah, yeah that's, you're that's what I'm saying. I'm no, that's stretching great. a bit. No, but. no, no, no. Cut that, make that the cutoff there, absolutely. Yeah, the Chiefs have three titles in the 2020s. And it's February 12th, 2024! What? Is that right? Let's check. Checks notes, shuffles papers. Yeah, I mean, it was it was January of 2020. Or, fe- sorry, February of 2020 that they beat the Niners in Miami. And I always think about Chiefs Bucks as being the 2020 Super Bowl because it was the COVID year, but that would have took place in 21. You're not there in 2022. You win in 2023. You'll win in 2024. Three Super Bowls in this decade. One AFC Championship game appearance and loss, and one Super Bowl appearance and loss. Those are the other ones filling out the decade. And I would not be putting my money on Mahomes waiting 10 more years for four. No, I wouldn't either. I don't think I'm going to do that. No, I think that'd be a foolish bet. But also, like, again, saying that out loud is crazy. It's crazy. He's got all the time in the world, but he ain't going to take it. No, and he shouldn't. I mean, you know, I've been hearing rumors that Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid might retire. <laughs> You know what? Maybe this will blow my mind. Maybe we'll hear from Andy Reid here, and he's going to say, hey, everyone, just so you know, I'm not interested in continuing to coach football. But unless that happens, we're just going to have a good time hearing from Andy Reid right here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. And the head coach's press conference is brought to you by Westlake Hardware. Westlake Commercial, a division of Westlake Ace Hardware, is your local business-to-business supply partner. Their commercial team, dedicated business-to-business website, credit terms, and convenient store locations make it easy. Visit your local Westlake Ace Hardware store or westlakehardware.com slash commercial today. We'll start from the top here with Andy Reid. Uh, any injury updates to provide in his opening statements after becoming a back-to-back champion? All right. Um, appreciate everybody showing up. Um, what a great experience. I appreciate our guys for the great job that they did, the players and the coaches. Defensively, our guys came out, played their hearts out like they've done all year, kept us in the game, and then the offense just kind of persevered through it. Uh, tough in the first half, tough sledding, and they did a little better. We did a little better in the, the second half. Um, and then, obviously, the last drive was a thing of beauty. And, uh, and all of this, uh, congratulations to the 49ers for being here. Kyle is a great head football coach. The 49ers are lucky to have him. And um, what a game, right? What a game. It, it could have gone either way. And it was just one of those, one of those games. I feel fortunate to have been on the, the positive side of it. Feel fortunate to be on the positive side of it here in Kansas City as well. Uh, next, Andy Reid was asked about going back-to-back and uh, everything about his thoughts as to what that means. Yeah, it's a little bit surreal. Like, uh, I mean, back-to-back is um, rare for this football team and this organization. So 
Um, it's, uh, you know, I got to have so many times as a dynasty. I don't know what a dynasty. I mean, you guys, you're the, you know, you have the thesaurus. So, I mean, you figure it out. But it's, uh, it's a great, to, great, it's a great win. It's because I know how hard it is to do, and then how hard the season was, the ups and downs of the season, and how proud I am of the guys for just hanging with each other, uh, staying positive with each other. The defense, the young guys grew up. And, but nobody ever pointed fingers at the offense when the offense was growing and it, it, it all kind of came together during the playoffs and uh, worked out well and great leaders and Patrick and Chris and, and Trav and the job you know that they've, they've done. Uh, they're, they're passionate players, man, and I love that. And even if they chest bump me to the other side of the 50, I mean, I, I, I appreciate it. I just love that the guy wants to play and wants to be in there playing, and he knows I love that. So he makes me feel young. All right. Yeah, because he, he works hard at it, and um, he run like a son of a gun. He's fast. And, and so uh, we were able to hit him on the deep one. We didn't capitalize on it with the fumble, but um, we came back at the end, and you know, we've got another corn dog that worked for us. So, yeah. Got another corn dog that worked for us. Worked twice this time last year. Worked the one and only time they tried it today, as far as my eyes could tell. And the Chiefs are champions again. You also heard him there referring to uh, getting chest bumped to the 50, if that's what it takes, going to the sideline scuffle with uh, Travis Kelsey. That'll be the follow-up question in this next clip about him uh, getting shoved and chest bumped, whatever, by Kelsey there. But first, Andy Reid was asked about how challenging this season was and how Patrick Mahomes adapted along the way. Uh, I loved what he did. So um, we we struggled, and a lot of it was drops. A lot of it was penalties um and then Rasheed was growing and he was getting better every week um once that took place and we we eliminated those those things um or at least minimized them uh better things happen and it's it's great to have Rasheed opposite Kels it's tough to double Kels when you have that guy that can kind of work inside the numbers there along with him and and you know that's a that's a territory that Pat loves to strike so it's um you know, it worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. He cheap shot, but that's all right. He did good. <laughs> um, he was really coming over. Just go. Just put me in. I'll score. I'll score. You know. So that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time. So I listen. I appreciate him. I'm so glad those were the questions after the win and not questions after a loss because that would have been really annoying. And because it, two things. One, it looked not great. It looked not like a great interaction. And also, I do believe what Andy Reid is saying here, certainly with, you know, confetti still in his mustache, not literally, figuratively. With the Gatorade still soaking his back, probably literally. I'm glad that it's in the echoes of all of that. But yeah, man, Travis Kelsey wants the ball, and he wants this team to win, and he wanted this team to win another Super Bowl. And Andy wasn't expecting contact and was off off balance a little bit and all of that. So I'm 
I'm glad that's a non... I'm glad that's a footnote and not like the story of the post game for the Chiefs' loss. I think that's great. Also, I mentioned this earlier in the show, um, but next-gen stats here, I have the actual uh, exact numbers on the Travis Kelsey 22-yard reception there. Next-gen stats tweeted, Travis Kelsey reached a top speed of 19.68 miles per hour on his 22-yard reception to set up the Chiefs' game-tying field goal. Kelsey's fastest speed as a ball carrier over the last seven seasons. Stephen Rees quote tweeted that with, his max speed in the playoffs before this play was 16.8. He had a almost a three mile an hour afterburner to kick on in space there. And what a player, man. The greatest tight end of all time. I don't really want to argue it because it just, that one's not really fun anymore. And Gronk is great. And obviously Tony Gonzalez was an enormous part of my football-loving childhood. Antonio Gates was great, and I can't believe he's not in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. But argue with somebody else, Travis Kelsey over anybody. Incredible. Next from Andy Reid, he was asked first here about uh, Kyle Shanahan and what he brought to this game, and then uh, the follow-up question about the overtime rules that uh, were in place in this game. Yeah, listen, he's a phenomenal football coach. And so, um, you know, he, he's, he, he just has a great feel for it. He's got good staff and he's got good players to go along with it. Most of all, he's a great teacher. So that when you have young guys like, like we've had, um, that whole staff has done a, a great job of teaching, but he leads the, the parade on that. So he, uh, what a heck of a year. <clears throat> Sure. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's a value of Mike Frazier. I mean, he, he does a great job with that. Um, and so, we, you know, there, there's two ways you can go with it. You can either kick it off or you can receive it. Um, and I'm not sure there's a right answer necessarily. Ours was ended up being the right one, but <clears throat> that easily could have gone the other way. So, uh, but uh, that's what we felt was the right thing to do. Um, I'm never going to question Kyle because he's brilliant and um, so I, that was just something that we you know we chose and through our studies we felt was important it worked out there there were some I was a little surprised about the way that went from the Niners perspective but uh, it was a real test for the overtime rules and the Chiefs uh, had their strategy ready to go you hear Andy Reid shouting out Mike Frazier there and uh, worked out for me I'm okay with it I I I've been okay with a large variety of the overtime rules over the years, and the rules are the rules, and the Chiefs got the uh, the right side of it there as they uh, they end up with the walk-off. Worked out. Niners went to the ball first. They got it. It's cool. Got it. Score a touchdown. You got your guess on the say Dylan? I see you shrugging over there. Dylan, Dylan's hitting the, the Jordan doc. The Jordan shrug. The last day shrug. Guard shrug. Yeah. You know? Change the rules, and mm. I just saw it coming the whole way. When we, def- it, it, I, it's funny because when they were doing the coin toss, mm-hmm. I was thinking, do we want to win this toss or lose this toss? Yeah, just like Tony and Nance were saying, is like with these new rules, do you actually want the ball first? It makes sense to want the ball second there because if they, if they, even if they it score just feels a touchdown, weird in the NFL totally. Like usually, as far as history has been, it's yeah. 
You win the toss, you take the football. Yep. It's kind of college-esque. And in this case, yeah, it becomes much more like the collegiate rule. I think that's absolutely right. Glad it panned out the way that it did. Uh, next here from Andy Reid, he was asked, why is Patrick Mahomes made for these moments? Yeah, I think you guys can appreciate him. You get to see him, uh, what he is. I mean, there's no facade there. He's uh, He comes to work every day uh, humble, wanting to be great, challenges the guys around him to be great every play, and never flinches. You drop the ball, we'll get the next one. Or listen, I need you in this spot right here. It's not like chewing them out or any of that bit. Um, and likewise with the penalties. Okay, well, let's keep our hands tighter. Let's not grab. So, you know, but he, he's that's the way he operates. A pleasure to coach. Absolute pleasure to coach. <clears throat> yeah, we haven't called for a couple uh, more, and it just didn't work out. They, they doubled them early, and <clears throat> then we came back to them in the second half and um, had them rub off of people, you know, so kind of do combination routes, um, a couple with Rasheed and then with, with uh, MVS. So, um, you know, we were able to get him. We, we know we need to get him the ball. We need to get Pacheco the ball um, and then uh, four of the ball, so uh, Rice the ball. So, <clears throat> um, and, and we were we were struggling on first downs. We weren't doing very good on first downs. It was all over the place at first. And we are going backwards, actually. So. Uh, that's not that's not good against a, a team like this. Yeah, so those things, um, just the working combination routes, um, and we were able to get them into space and away from any possible double teams. So um, that that's what. That's what took place. Yeah. They're talking about how to uh, to get the, to get to Travis Kelsey and some of the adjustments and everything. Before that, you heard Andy Reid talk about just some of the issues the offense was having earlier on. There was a tweet from Mike Golick Jr. after the Chiefs' seventh offensive drive. I I copied the tweet over because at the time I thought it'd be a good snapshot, no matter what happened next. After the seventh drive, Gojo tweeted: "The Chiefs have lost yardage on first down." Four times in seven drives. So you, you hear Andy Reid there talking about, yeah, we're having issues on first down. Actually, we were moving backwards. Yeah, that's literally what was happening. The Chiefs overcame it and got just enough going offensively. For the second game in a row, and the AFC and the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, both of those games belonged to the Chiefs' defense in my mind for so many reasons. But, you know... Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid and all of the things that this offense is made up of. You needed to get some points out of them. They did. And the Chiefs defense wasn't perfect, but it was spectacular. It's, you know, guys, it's a team sport. It's one of the things that I think makes it the best team sport in the world. I think there are a lot of reasons that, that to me, add up to make that true. But, man, there's just absolutely nothing like it. Next year from Andy Reid, uh, he he goes on to talk about kind of Kelsey's emotions on game days and McCole Hardman here later on. But first, Andy Reid asked a, a really good question that I'm actually excited to hear the answer to. What is it that makes Patrick Mahomes made for these moments? Oh, maybe not. Maybe that's the wrong. Maybe that's the wrong throw. Did I double down? I doubled down. I read the same thing twice. Sorry, Dylan. 
That was my fault. False start on Briscoe. False start, host, big chair, five-second penalty, replay, clip number six. I had the next one highlighted, too. I had that one bolded because I wanted to go back to it. It's only one o'clock, too, man. I don't know what's going to happen in two hours. If that's what I just did just now, what's going to happen in two hours? Let me check the mistake board here. It says Dylan, <laughs> 2,562, Josh, four. It is the first time I think I've done that specific thing this season, so I wasn't expecting this one to be a perfect game anyway. I just appreciate that nobody cursed through the first couple rounds of calls. Clean sheet there. Sheet, I said. Clean sheet. Nice up here from Andy Reid. A great question that I'm uh, excited to hear the answer to. What's it like to have coached now your third Super Bowl victory? And then it's the stuff about Kelsey's emotions and what makes uh, Nicole Hartman take as a player. Yeah, listen, I mean, this is a tough profession, which we all know, competitive. I mean, the parity in this league is ridiculous. And so uh, to watch your guys work and focus and all that. I mean, you just appreciate I think the older you get, you probably appreciate that also. I mean, I appreciate the first one because it took me a thousand years to get the, you know, get into a Super Bowl. So, but, and at least be able to hold that Lombardi trophy. So, um, I appreciate every day that I have to do this. I work for a great owner and ownership family. Um, and, you know, between Mark Donovan, Veach, and myself, we're, we're lucky uh, to be Kansas City Chiefs. And so, uh, that part feels good, and then we have a good locker room, and we have good coaches. <laughs> yeah, he was emotional today. So um, I, I get it. I mean, listen, I had five kids, so I, I, I get how that goes. Um, the part I love is he loves to play the game, and he wants – to help his team win. I mean, it's not a selfish thing. That's not what it is. And I understand that. And so as much as, um, you know, he bumps into me, I get after him. And we understand that. Um, he just caught me off balance. Yeah. Um, well, he, listen, he, he was cut and we brought him back. And that's, that's a tough thing. That's tough to handle mentally. And he came in with a positive attitude and just said, hey, I just want to help you guys win. And we kind of know what he does best. And, um, uh, you know, Nagy does a great job of putting him in positions. And really, he's got that mastered with that kid, uh, where to put him and, and how to use him. So um, you saw that. You saw it tonight. Yeah. You did, and it, I mean, it's a, an absolutely incredible moment for Hardman, and I don't I don't care to fact-check Andy Reid tonight, but just in the context of it all, McColl didn't get cut. The Chiefs traded a late-round pick for him, and it ended up messing with the compensatory formula, so it did cost them a little bit in terms of draft, draft compensation and 
That's obviously not the point tonight. Uh, but essentially, he was he signed with the Jets, was going to play with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers continued to kind of overhaul that roster, and then he barely, I mean, obviously, Rodgers only played, what, like four snaps? But then Hardman barely played at all with the Jets, and the Chiefs kind of swoop in before the deadline. And um, again, we can save all of the like wide receiver roster construction for a later day. I don't care to do any of that at all tonight. The part of the McCall Hardman story that that Reed touches on there that I think is 100% justified, 100% a, a great angle on the story, is, as that question kind of led up, like what makes him take as a player? What did he overcome? I'm just making the note of like trading because of the, the details of it here. But psychologically, he did not get the deal that he was expecting this last offseason. He signs a one-year deal with the Jets. Essentially, I mean, he was a healthy scratch a few times for the Jets. Essentially discarded by them. And he catches the walk-off touchdown in the Super Bowl. Like, to to continue being, he was hurt here for a while. He played one snap in the AFC Championship game, I believe, on offense. And that's the moment for him tonight. It's awesome. It's just, it's absolutely awesome. Uh, next and last from Andy Reid. Then we'll take a timeout, come back and hear from Patrick Mahomes before we hear a lot more audio. Also chat with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest, who's in Las Vegas right now. Uh, last thing here from Andy Reid. There's a question about the, uh, some play calling stuff on the front end. And then uh, what was the message at the half? And then the last question you'll hear is asking Andy Reid if he's ready to go for a three-peat. Yeah, well, I thought we had we had something there that was good. Now, sometimes you've got to evaluate it. So if the other team's been out there a long time and they've had a long drive, um, you kind of look at the guys and you go, listen, we, we might want to just keep this thing going and not give them a rest, uh, the other team a rest. And so you know, as long as you have something good in the in the pocket there. So we felt we did, and, um, you know, we thought we had them kind of thinking there a little bit, and it worked out okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, so um, I, I didn't say a whole lot. Just keep going. Uh, halftime, it was we're right there. It feels when you're in the Super Bowl, you're down by seven points. It feels like 20. And so uh, you, you got to just kind of calm it down, and we're, we're right there. We're getting the ball to start the second half, and uh, everybody just hang with each other, and, and good things can happen. So, And that was kind of the message. The guys, the guys were saying that. These, the three of them talked the night before. Um, Kels, Chris, and, Tra- and uh, uh, Pat, and they they did a, a great job of communicating that. You know, it's a brotherhood. Stick together. You know, the, it, we're playing a good football team. There are going to be highs and lows in this thing. Just hang together, and good things will happen. And that's what they did. Last one, Charles. Yep. All right, yeah, I haven't had time to think about it, but yeah, 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 sure. Huh? I'm mean, get asked that. So you know, I'm I'm mad at Belichick and Pete because now I get asked all those questions. But, all right. There you go. He's mad at Belichick and Pete Carroll because they're out of the game right now. So he's the one getting retirement questions. Um, yeah, I, I think. Uh, 
I think some of the roster will change. Every team individually is special for different reasons. But I think next year is going to be built around Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey, if I could be so bold. I think that's where we're going to be. Let's hear from the quarterback on that on the other side of this timeout. You're listening to the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. That was Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes' postgame press conference is coming up next on your home for the NFL. Townsend is set to punt inside the Kansas City 25. The punt will come from our right to our left. It's a knee-high long snap, a right-footed punt. And here is the ball landing in front of Ray Ray McLeod, who gets it out of... Oh, he fumbled! He had the ball and he fumbled it at the 17! The Chiefs have recovered! Oh, calamity! Off on the play by the deep back man, Ray Ray McLeod of San Francisco. Retrieved at the 16. First and 10, Chiefs. Another turnover in the game. Oh, calamity! How can anything but that be our ugly play of the game? Brought to you by We Buy Ugly Houses. You may not have an ugly house. But you may have an ugly situation. Repairs, taxes, divorce, inheritance. Let the Ugly House team be the solution. Call right now at 1-800-44-BUYER or go to webuyuglyhouses.com. They can help you with an ugly situation. That was an ugly sequence for the San Francisco 49ers, but a life-giving one at the time for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ultimately, they needed overtime to get it done, but they did. The Kansas City Chiefs are back-to-back champions. Kansas City is the home of a dynasty in America's favorite sport. And I don't know that there's any reason to expect it to change anytime soon. I don't want to look ahead instead of appreciating where we are now, but just the full picture of it all, what it took to get to this point, what the Chiefs are delivering to you now, and what the next five or ten years might look like. All incredible. All amazing. And we're going to get another parade on Wednesday. Remarkable. We'll talk to uh, Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest in a little bit. But right now it's time to hear from the quarterback of this dynasty, Patrick LaVon Mahomes II. The quarterback press conference every week is brought to you by Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC and Olathe Kia. Get a worry-free money-back guarantee on new vehicles when you buy from Brogdon. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. We'll start from the top here with Patrick Mahomes. Asked first, what was on his mind after that game-winning touchdown? Um, I can't even explain what, what was going through my mind. I was just extreme joy. Um, didn't even know where to go. Um, but, it, I mean, just it's so excitement, man. I'm so proud of the team, so proud of the guys. And to battle to the very end, I mean, that's, that was a microcosm of our season. I said it. Um, and everybody came together and we were able to get the win. Yeah, 100%. I mean, battling through the adversity that we battled through this year and um, guys staying with the process, keeping believing, um, you just you never know how it's going to happen. And to be able to go play three three great teams to get to this game and play another great team and um, win all those games, uh, it was a true uh, road in the playoffs, and uh, we were able to come through and be Super Bowl champs.
Yeah, so it's, it's culture, man. I, I got brought into this culture. Um, Alex Smith was leading this team. Um, they had the, the pieces in place, and Coach Reed was the, the ultimate leader. And I got brought in, and I just kind of try to exemplify that and, and keep pushing to be even better. And um, that's why in moments like this, we guys come through, and um, it, it truly is special. It really is special um, just to, to be able to say we're back-to-back champs. Yeah, I mean, I hope people remember not only the greatness that we have in the field, but the way that we, we've done it. I mean, I, I feel like we, we enjoy it every single day. We have fun. We play hard. Um, and it's not always pretty, but we just continue to fight to the very end. And um, I know you get fatigue of the team sometimes, of one team winning. Um, but we try to enjoy it and just enjoy the moment that we have together um, and enjoy um, um, just kind of what we can do every single day to, to bring the best out of each other. I believe that the phrasing on that last question, it's hard to hear during the pressers, depending on how they're mic'd up and stuff. But I believe that question was, what do you want people to remember in 20 years? That's a, it's an interesting and a cool metric for it because you are asking Mahomes in that moment to put himself in his shoes when he's no longer playing. You know, like 30 minutes after he just won the Super Bowl in a walk-off. But again, that's just... The perspective of it all is fascinating to me, and maybe, I don't know if that's because I struggle with perspective or because I struggle with being in the moment and I may be more comfortable looking at the big picture. I'm not sure where exactly that sweet spot lands, but that is, it's a good answer to a a fascinating big picture question, and what a path this team took. We'll also hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes uh, tomorrow morning. Um, sometime in that first hour of the zone, I believe we'll end up having it for you as uh, the head coach and MVP do the, uh, the, the Monday morning presser that, <laughs> um, I can't remember what Mahomes looked like last year, but I do, I do vaguely remember him being not in tip top shape the morning after the, uh, the first Super Bowl. Understandably, uh, I definitely wouldn't be either. I'm not going to be in tip-top shape to do a radio show tomorrow, and it's I'm not going to spend the entire evening, um, you know, turning some mountains blue, which I imagine is what Mahomes will be doing. So that it'll be interesting to hear them talk more tomorrow as well. But everything like that one chunk included questions about the game-winning touchdown, the adversity of the season, the holistic success that this culture has produced and the 20 year 30,000 foot view. And all of those are good, fair questions about where you are in this moment. It's just where this team is. It's just where Mahomes is. It's unbelievable. Next up from Mahomes. Uh, he was asked what he saw from McCole Hardman this week to trust him in some of those big moments. Uh, what went through his mind when he heard the play call there of the Tom and Jerry play they ran for that walk-off touchdown. We've heard that play call tossed around before. I think it was a Travis Kelsey invention, or it was having one of those littler guys hiding behind Kelsey a little bit, if memory serves. I'm sure Mahomes will explain a little more. Um, and then he goes on to talk about the game-winning drive. But first, what did he see from McCole Hardman this week, knowing that he, he went to him on a deep shot and on the game-winning touchdown? Um, I don't I don't know if it was this week, man. I've played with McCole for a long time, man. He's always ready for the moment, um, and he's he's someone that continues, continues to practice hard and, and get better, and obviously – that receiver rotation, we were bouncing around a lot of guys all year long, and um, those guys just continue to work. And I mean, just like last Super Bowl, man, it's like you never know who it's going to be. It's about everybody being ready for the moment. Um, and and he was he was ready for that moment in a couple of big plays. 
Um, yeah, the play call, it, I think it started because Clyde was the first one to run it, and Trav was the other guy, part of it. So it was like Tom and Jerry, you know, that, that whole thing. Um, but uh, it, it was um, – it's, 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 that's the concept of the play, and then the motion was the exact same motion that we ran in the Super Bowl uh, last year. And, um, and they actually covered it pretty well at first, and then I kind of looked, kind of looked back and looked back to them. And um, it, it's uh, it, that's a little risky always. So I was a little, little like, hey, let me make sure it's open. But it, obviously, Coach Reed, man, knows when to call those plays at the right time. Yeah, that that was the play. I mean. Um, we calling the timeout. I thought it was important for us to go over there, discuss what we wanted in that moment, um, and we, we all agreed on that play. Um, I knew before the play, it's more of a man design play uh, where Kels kind of comes from behind the line of scrimmage. Um, and I talked to Rashi about maybe if, if if you can't set the the, the little rub, if you can kind of set up open, and um, with them being so focused on that, it opened right open for me to run, and I knew I just needed to get a yard. So I, I actually got down on that one, and we were able to get that first down and uh, keep the keep the drive going. There you go, a little more of the origin on the Tom and Jerry thing and uh, what that whole process was like. And again, hey, it is, it's a good note when you say, hey, what, what, what did you see from McColl this week? I don't know if this was a game plan week for McColl. You know, like, where sometimes you have guys like, hey, this week in practice, like, we got a couple of plays here for you that, you know, if you're ready for them, we're going to get you on. McColl had a deep shot. MVS had a couple, I mean, obviously the touchdown. Um, Justin Watson got a couple of targets. I think this is just a game where there were going to be guys who were going to not be Travis Kelsey or Rasheed Rice or Isaiah Pacheco. Who's going to be able to step up in those moments? And Hardman did it twice in two huge moments. It's really crazy. Uh, next here from Mahomes, uh, eventually asked how big the win was, what's next for him, what it means to win through all this adversity. But first, and in this case foremost, what does this season say about Andy Reid as a head coach? I mean, he's one of the best coaches of all time. I believe he's the best coach of all time. I mean, I know he doesn't have the trophies yet, and I have a lot of respect for some of those great coaches. Um, but the way he's able to navigate every single team he has, um, continue to have success no matter where he's at. Um, and for me, he brings out the best of me because he lets me be me. I think that's that's important is he doesn't try to make me anyone else. I, I don't think I'd be the quarterback that I am if I didn't have Coach Reed being the, my head coach. Um, and um, and, he, he, and that, other than that, he wants you to be the best person you can be, and that's something that I think is uh, truly special. Yeah, I think it it, it it means more, man. I mean, to be able to 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 battle through that adversity and, and come out better on the other side, and I think it prepared us for the playoffs. Um, and um, obviously, we've had a lot of great playoff runs, but this is going to be up there because uh, just the way that we kind of continue to battle whenever times weren't great. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to celebrate tonight. I'm going to celebrate at the parade, and then I'm going to do whatever I can to be back in this game next year and trying to go for that three-peat. So uh, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing in the NFL. I think Tom said it best is once you win that championship and you have those parades and you get those rings, you're not the champ anymore. You have to come back with that same mentality. And I learned from guys like that that have been the, the greatest of, uh, of all time at the top of the level. Um, and so um, that's my mindset is I'm going to celebrate with my guys because of how we've done this. Um, but then we're going to work our way to get back to this game next year.
Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing for me is um, the way we did it, um, the battle throughout the middle of the season, um, to continue to have that mindset of we're going to continue to believe. Um, it, it truly is special. Uh, I'm going to try to stop getting down 10 points in these games um, and make them a little bit easier, but uh, I was proud of how the guys fought. Mahomes doesn't even know what it's like to just have a nice, steady, wire-to-wire win in the Super Bowl. Maybe that's the next uh, thing for him to conquer. Listen, as long as they end this way, I'm totally, totally cool with it. Last chunk of uh, audio here from Patrick Mahomes talking about getting the ball in overtime, the uh, sort of interaction with Rasheed Rice and him wanting the ball, where he where he feels right now emotionally, and first here, another good question, is this as tough as it gets? Um, I mean, they're all tough. I'm not going to like one's tougher than the other. They're all, it takes your best. And um, I think uh, for me personally, it was just battling through adversity throughout the season. Um, whenever the offense wasn't playing, like I wanted it to play and just continue to believe and fight. Um, but I'm not going to like one's tougher than the other because all these, all these games are tough and it takes your best football. Yeah, I mean, it, it's special. I think it's that championship mindset. I mean, whenever stuff isn't going great, we're going to continue to fight and, um, this game wasn't. We had times where we weren't playing great, especially the offense, and we were able to step up to uh, step up to the occasion while the defense is making those stops. And um, people are going to talk about the offense. We had those last few drives. The defense is what kept us in that game, and that's our entire season. They're going to give us chances, and we're going to make it happen when it counts. You know, the Rasheed Rice. Oh, uh, man, I mean, I think if I would have looked at him at the end of regulation, I might have got a game-winning touchdown there. So um, he's, he's a guy who, who wants it. I think that's the biggest thing is he wants to be great. Um, and uh, for someone to be in this offense and learn the offense of Coach Reed and continue to get better and better, I think he's just at the beginning of where he's going to end up being at. And um, luckily, I don't know if it's lucky for him, but he lives in Texas, so he'll get to see me a lot this offseason as we continue to try to make him one of the top receivers in this league. I mean, that's a great football team, but once we got, they stopped and held them to a field goal, our mindset was go win the game right here. Uh, once we got that ball, we, we fell short in regulation. We're not going to let it do it again. We're going to go out there and win the game. Defense got the stop, um, and we were able to do that. That was the path there. And, look, I, I was saying some of that when we were just watching here at Rasheed Rice. Obviously, in a moment like that, you just you want to make sure everything is stable and steady and not going to end up costing you the game from some flare-up or whatever. But I like that the Chiefs have a receiver that wants the ball to win the Super Bowl. And I mean, I think they have several, but like Rasheed Rice has been their best receiver this year. And I want him to want the ball and I want him to want to be in those moments. He wanted it. Kelsey wanted it. Mahomes wanted it. That's where that fire comes from. That's where the energy comes from. Ultimately, that's where the Super Bowl comes from. Another really amazing day in an amazing stretch for the Kansas City Chiefs. At some point, Matt Derrick will get off a bus in Las Vegas, and uh, we'll talk to him in the uh, hopefully minute or uh, segment or two to come, plus a lot more audio. You may have uh, missed the trophy presentation. We'll play that for you at some point later on tonight. Also, a lot of other audio from other players at the tables around the uh, the postgame festivities. I imagine right now they are fully uh, deep 
deep into party territory. But we still have a lot of audio we haven't played, and we still have a lot of uh, calls we can take and a lot of partying of our own to do that we'll do after we uh, chat with Matt Derrick in a little bit as well. So we'll take a time out here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show for Dylan Michaels and Coville Hudson and Kyle Collier. I am Joshua Briscoe. We'll take a time out, come back with more Chiefs talk as we break down the fact that the Chiefs are once again world champions. They're going to have to defend it. Four on the line. With that muff, 16 is San Francisco. Mahomes in the gun. First and 10. The snap. Packed his arm. Throws in. Oh, touchdown! Backpedaling. Two-handed grab. Marquez. Valdez. Scantling. And the Chiefs on a 16-yard touchdown pass have taken their first lead in Super Bowl 58. MVS was wide open, playoff MVS showed up, the Kansas City Chiefs took a lead, and eventually they took another one, and they take home the Lombardi. That is our play of the game, brought to you by Central Bank of the Midwest. At Central Bank of the Midwest, every customer is a first-round draft pick. Central Bank of the Midwest, strong roots, endless possibilities, member FDIC. Felt like endless possibilities for the Chiefs all season long, but a lot of those possibilities weren't exactly good ones. Something here that uh, Hayden Winks tweeted out that I just think is kind of a funny summary of it all. So the Chiefs held a regular season tryout, declared Rice, MVS, Watson, Gray as the winners in January, cut the negative plays in half, and won the Super Bowl. Beyond the point of taking criticisms of how they look in September seriously, um, and I understand that as well, but that continued, and Jordan Foote points this out as well, that it's not like that all changed in September. That was still a question like an hour ago. <laughs> I mean, and look, and, and so I take that framing of it on one side. On the other side... In the first half of this game, I don't know that anybody was getting open. I mean, that MVS touchdown you just heard there, that's a scheme. That's a scheme play. I'm also they just started replaying some highlights of that play over and over and over again on NFL Network. Does MVS double catch this thing? I do not think he caught it cleanly. And it was not a rope. It was just a, here you go. Come on, please, 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 please. Both receiver touchdowns in this game were like, all right, you're open in space. Please just catch it, and we're going to win the bleeping Super Bowl. Please don't make me have a meltdown. And they came through in those moments. But they were still overcoming their own... They were still overcoming their own shortcomings as a total unit and a total roster... And to me, the the point of of mentioning that again is just that that's Mahomes and that's Andy Reid and that's the and that's Travis Kelsey and that's Rasheed Rice. But it's say, all right, this is just what we've got. These are just the guys we have. And MVS is not gonna beat not gonna beat a whole lot of guys in one on one matchups. And Justin Watson is gonna make a catch that he shouldn't, and probably not gonna make a catch that he should. And I really like Noah Gray, but he's not going to be Travis Kelsey, even though the broadcast will call him that at least once. Those flaws and those shortcomings are still there. They just overcame them. 
Ryan Scott Hall tweets how it started versus how it's going in the first tweet from his Dirk and a second tweet from uh, Brandon Kiley. How it started from Dirk. Third and 12, third and 14, fumble, third and 16, field goal. That's your offensive first half. From Kylie, later, the Chiefs' last six drives of the game. Nine plays, 47 yards, and a field goal. Four plays, 24 yards, and a touchdown, including the muff punt. 12 plays, 69 yards, and a field goal. Nice. 11 plays, 64 yards, and a field goal. 13 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Saying a a tale of two halves is like both too obvious and insufficient. The receiver pass catcher option flaws existed early in the year, and they existed tonight. And still, you you got enough of those performances from those guys in the second half to support Mahomes and the Stars. Mahomes and Kelsey, Mahomes and Rice, Mahomes and Pacheco, and really tonight, Mahomes and, and Kelsey, first and foremost. That was always, like, I guess maybe the best-case scenario outside of somebody else taking a big jump, and obviously Rasheed Rice taking the biggest jump of those receivers this year. But they won a Super Bowl with those problems. It's really amazing. Also amazing, and amazingly disrespectful, Mick Schaefer on Twitter. Mere moments ago, moments ago, tweets this. Gonna have to explain who Tom and Jerry are to at J.B. Briscoe tomorrow. Listen, Mick. Just because I haven't seen every Adam Sandler movie doesn't mean I'm not familiar with the incredible hijinks of the iconic Tom and Jerry, Mick. I wasn't allowed to watch movies with sexual innuendo in them or cursing. But I was allowed to watch a mouse mercilessly beat a cat within an inch of its life episode after episode. It was animated, Mick. I love Tom and Jerry. Maybe that's going to be the extra spinoff here. We've got so many genres of Chiefs things right now. You've got like Chiefs uh, Taylor Swift stuff. And Chiefs Andy Reid stuff and Chiefs Dynasty stuff and many of those things are all intertwined. Maybe we just need to get some like super bootlegged, like Tom and Jerry wearing a Mahomes and Kelsey jersey or something. I'd buy that on a t-shirt for like $12. Not a lot more than that. It's not licensed. This is definitely going to be an unlicensed cease and desist uh, threat that you're going to be inviting. But I think it's worth it. I think that's something we should embrace if necessary. All right, Dylan. Let's make a production choice. Matt said he would call in when he was when he was free off the bus, I believe, getting bussed from the stadium back to the uh, to the hotel. 
He was thinking that around now, around a few minutes ago, he would hopefully be able to call in then. It's fine. We'll talk to him when we can get him. I'm not in any hurry. But we could either take a little timeout, one more timeout before it strike the uh, clock strikes two. We could do that if we need to. If not, no biggie. Or we could uh, cannonball into our giant pile of audio that we have. We'll take more calls. I'll open the phones back up after we uh, we talk to Matt. And now listen, also real quick on the phone calls. First person who is so drunk that they cuss, it's gonna put the whole call team in timeout for like three minutes. I'm gonna put the whole I'm gonna put the phone in a penalty box. If you curse, we have to dump it and we have to hang up on you. But then I'm going to choose <laughs> to put everybody in a best behavior penalty box, don't ruin it for everybody else. But we're not quite there yet because I think I think Matt could be calling in at uh, at any moment. But um, can we hear from Chris Jones the uh, the second clip on our on our list right now? Um, that actually may just that may be him at the podium. But a few minutes from uh, from Chris Jones there while we wait to see if uh, if if Matt dials in or McCall Hardman. Or um, I don't know, Dylan. You you tell me what you got what you got at your disposal over there, and what uh, what looks good to you. But I think we we bring in a little audio here. I wait to hear from Matt. Let's do uh, let's do that second clip on the list, then, if we can. Then uh, I I think this is probably Chris Jones at the podium, um, courtesy of our uh, friends at KSHB forty one. Yeah, let's go ahead and hear from Chris Jones. He didn't get a sack today; only got pretty close a couple of times, but he was incredibly disruptive late in this game. Let's uh, let's go ahead and hear from Chris Jones again, uh, courtesy of KSHB. What he had to say, celebrating the victory after the game. Here's number ninety five a lot of adversity amongst this team and a lot of growth also so that's the most remarkable thing about how these guys responded in adversity and how how we was able to grow and come together they're crazy they're crazy yeah yeah because the overtime rules has changed where both teams get the ball no matter who scores so you know, uh, originally you want to let you want to let the other team get the ball, stop them holding the three, so you know where you got. Or if you stop them, they play it. Then all you have to do is kick three. And when you hold the three, you're feeling walking off the field, knowing Yeah, no, I, that's the type of trust we have in each other. Um, we get the ball back to Andy, Pat, and uh, Trout. We always feel like there's something they can do in, the, in any given moment that they can put it in the end zone, and they just did that. Um, with the new rules change that both teams are able to uh, receive the ball, I would definitely kick the ball, um, try to stop the other team, hold them to three, or make them punt, and then all I got to do is kick, kick a field goal. We talked, we talked through this um, two weeks. For two weeks, we talked about the new overtime rule and how we was going to um, get a ball to the opponent. If, we, um, if they scored, we was going for two at the end of the game. We kind of rehearsed it, and um, yeah. I feel really, really good, man. Uh, my hand is bummed. Can't really close it, but mentally, uh, physically, I'll be all right. I'm exhausted, okay. <laughs> I need a drink. He's amazing, man. He's amazing. Uh, Spags, 
is the GOAT. Spence is going to go down as a defensive coordinator, Hall of Famer. Absolutely. I think anytime you play the game, your ultimate goal is to win a ring, right? Um, well, for me, that's my ultimate goal, and the the success will comes within that, within pouring out everything, each and every game, and giving in to your teammates, whether it's um, knowledge, whether it's commitment to stay after practice, um, always guiding those young guys, and uh, this is what you guys work for, man. This is what we work for. The, 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 the late days after practice, everybody runs in. You have to stay out, get extra handwork, and um, we we was able to accomplish that. I didn't even hear. Absolutely, man. Just the uh, the journey we had to take, I think, is more satisfying than uh, the previous Super Bowl. It was tough. It was definitely very tough. And um, we knew it was going to be a battle going in the fourth quarter after we made the field goal. We were like, damn, um, it's about to be a real battle. So um, we kind of knew what was going on, and uh, we had just had to fight through it. Talk to us about the game plan. No hey, guys, last one. Talk to us about the game plan. It was tough, man. Um, he's a hard runner. They had a good offensive line, and um, we just try to slow him down from making big plays. You know, eliminate big plays that didn't get three to four every now and then. We can contain him, always play, um, lay big bodies on him to slow him down, and, and um, we was able to do that. Y'all have a beautiful day. There you go, the uh, signing off of uh, Chris Jones. We will have a beautiful day and a beautiful night and a beautiful Tuesday and Wednesday with a parade coming back to Kansas City. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and and keep it moving down that list, uh, Dylan. If we can go ahead and hear from uh, from Isaiah Pacheco, I'd be happy to hear him next. He's uh, always always bringing the energy. And where did, where did he end up stat line wise? This is another one of those games where sometimes I do not look at the box score in earnest until like the show is over or until I'm going home. Um, but right now, uh, Isaiah Pacheco ended up yeah about three point three yards per carry feels about right. Not not a, a breakout run anywhere, um, but a lot of those like yeah that's fine. Largely successful runs. But Pacheco goes 18 for 59, uh, averaging right at that number that if you, you average 3.3 yards per carry, you're going to have uh, either a first down or real close to one on fourth down over and over again. Christian McCaffrey, by the way, uh, he did most of his damage, or actually he did exactly half of his damage by yards through the air. But 3.6 yards per carry and a longest run of 11 yards from Christian McCaffrey Really a, a fabulous performance that I think we all would have been wise to have taken before uh, before the game if you were going to get a chance to say, yeah, CMC will get 22 carries for 80 yards, 3.6 yards per carry. His longest run will be 11 yards. That's a, that's a win in the Chiefs book. Obviously the 8 for 80 and the touchdown through the air with uh, the chunk play. Not ideal, but he's an incredible, incredible player who I thought was going to end up having a really good uh, argument for MVP, and uh, he does ultimately get close. Uh, So are we good for uh, Pacheco here? Let's go ahead and hear from the Chiefs running back then as Isaiah Pacheco spoke to the media after the game. It feels amazing. Knowing how hard hard I work putting 100% into it day in and day out at practice is where it starts. Um, 
having adversity throughout my whole career, never being a champion in the favorite sport I love, playing three, three different sports, giving my all and everything I got on this game right here. Uh, you got to love this. Yeah. Absolutely. It feels special. Uh, Coach Reed said it don't matter where we play. So we could have played at save a lot. It would have been special. Yes, uh, having my brothers uh, to the left and right of me, uh, they only picked me up. Um, there was no hang in the head. It's my first one of the season. I knew there was a lot more game left. Uh, eliminate distraction, focus on us, hold that ball to get vertical. Yes, absolutely. You, you learn throughout, throughout your career, through the moments. You know it's important. And you got leaders in the room. Uh, they, they will pick you up, and that's what it's all about. It's been amazing. Knowing how hard we work for him, we love him. Uh, sacrificing every single day. Uh, you know, it's not just football. You know, we have our own stuff going on as well. But sacrificing, going to work every single day on time, paying attention in the room, uh, bringing no phones. Uh, that's what it's all about. That's how you know we're all dialed in. Uh, we all want that uh, one goal. Dedicate this title to my brother and my sister. I lost two of them. So this two for two for you. Hey, that's where it started up front. Uh, we said that all week. It's going to start with the bigs. Knowing that there's a good defense over there, and we're a good offense, but eliminate distractions will allow us to, to be, come through adversity and, and, and compete to get into the end zone. Absolutely. Uh, been in those situations, been in those moments. Uh, you felt like we've been there before. It was calm, not a lot of rowdiness. Just believing, uh, believing one another to get the job done. Give it all you got. Hey, ain't no regrets. Let's stand on it. I remember it was my second one. No, Coach Reed never said anything to me. You got to love him. Um, he knows his players. Uh, hey, next page, next play, uh, focus on us. And my guys didn't say a word to me, didn't yell at me, curse at me. Hey, they let me play ball, and that's what it's all about. I love you all for that. Um, just focusing on me and, and, and not allowing me to get too high, too low. No, you, you don't imagine it. Uh, it's all the hard work you put into it day in and day out to get to this goal, to get to this stage level it's 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 been a lot of hard work and we put in the and knowing that we did it as a unit as a team it means so much to me Las Vegas was fun exciting we came here for one goal now it's time to party a fabulous dismount there the Chiefs had one goal in mind and they accomplished that goal and now it's time to party. That's uh, how I feel here as we cap off our... Well, cap off is not true. Let me let me just go ahead and say that is just the beginning of our locker room report here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show presented by Twin Peaks. 
The Chiefs Locker Room Report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29-degree man-sized drafts at Twin Peaks. Speaking of it being time to party here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City, we do that now with Matt Derrick, brought to you by Cap One Lending. The Freedom Loan at Cap One Lending is the exclusive loan that helps you pay your home off in less than half the time and gives you access to your home's equity without having to refinance. Go to CapOneLending.com and go to ChiefsDigest.com to see whatever it is that Matt Derrick has been cooking up live from Las Vegas. Matt, my friend, how have the last several hours been treating you? Uh, I have no idea. Gosh. <laughs> this is this, this is this is a new one for the books. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, this team over the last five years has done some pretty crazy things. But this this is in a new category, Josh. I'm not going to lie. What is it that rises to the top there for you that makes this one uh, genuinely difficult to categorize, that does stand out, that does make this a, a special set of circumstances? I mean, you want something other than you know, this team looked like it was dead on Christmas Day and um, somehow managed to resurrect themselves. And then a couple of times tonight, once again, looked like they were kind of dead in the water and end up winning by running the exact same play that bailed them out last year and taking them to the Super Bowl, and they go back to the well again, and Patrick Mahomes just does Patrick Mahomes things. I mean, you can't – if I mean, if this is scripted, I mean, somebody really did their work this year, Josh. <laughs> and, yeah, learn to look, I mean, most of, most of those things will do. It, it really is remarkable. Um, let's go ahead and, and follow that path. I mean, we've been talking about that Christmas game more this week than we had in, in la- any time in the last month or so because lots of Chiefs players talked about sort of the, um, I don't know, the the, the – the, solidifying, perhaps, for lack of a better word, of, of what that game was going to mean for whatever it was that they did next, for kind of determining their next steps. And now here we are in the wee hours of the Monday after the Super Bowl talking about this team going back-to-back. Can you put that entire path, before we get into the weeds of this game, I mean, you, you are in those Chiefs facilities five times a week, every week of the regular season, we're talking after every single one of these games. The path that the Chiefs took from Week One, losing to the Lions without uh, without Chris Jones by choice, without Travis Kelsey by force, to now hoisting the Lombardi Trophy tonight. Was it Christmas to you that was the the day that felt the most unlikely that this is how the season would ultimately end? Or if not, what other moments kind of stand out in that path for you? Well, you know that's the thing is that normally, I mean, you know, you you think about an NFL team and teams kind of become what they are. I mean, especially if, if what they are, even like an eight-game sample size. I mean, you with this team, you know, you kind of felt like, hey, it's 6-1. and one. They're not perfect, but they're going in the right direction. I mean, they're going to be fine. Um, but, you know, I mean, you know, because at, the, at, the, at that, that time, the message of the day was, 
just fix the mistakes and, you know, this team's going to be, you know, unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Well, then they went through an eight-game stretch where, I mean, it looked like it was falling apart. I mean, they went, what, three and five mm-hmm. next eight games? And now you're, you're kind of you're sitting there at nine and six, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, okay, it's been a good run, but this team's not going to get it done. Um, especially after the way they lost that Raiders game, it, it just didn't seem that this team had any life in them. Normally, Crown returns to December, and this team wakes up, and this team didn't. I mean, they dropped two games at home in December. I mean, that's just not very Andy Reid-like and not very like Patrick Mahomes-like. And it just seemed like that Mahomes was not going to be able to drag this team over the finish line, and no matter how good its defense was. But then, you know, <laughs> they just – Seem to kind of wake up and now reel off a six-game winning streak, which, by the way, they've reeled off six games in a row at the beginning of the season, too. So they, they bookended that eight-game miserable stretch with two six-game winning streaks, which I don't know how they pulled off, but that's how we've kind of ended up where we are. Is there is there anything that you can look to and go, like, oh, that that was the evolution because I mean, like we've talked plenty about Rasheed Rice, and obviously he was huge for this offense. We, we saw it play off Travis Kelsey rejuvenated with a week off at the end of the regular season and a week off before the Super Bowl, and all of the like. There are the guys we've talked about, but did you ever see anything that that felt like a shift for this team, or has it just been more about that that consistency that gets you through games like this, and then? Moment by moment, the the Chiefs' greatness outranks what the other teams have brought to the table. Yeah, I mean, I felt like that the one evolution throughout the season was actually the, the Patrick Mahomes evolution. I mm. mean, I felt like that, you know, at midseason, you know, when we were talking about the mistakes and we were just talking about, you know, and at least I was, you know, kind of harping on the fact that, hey, you know, Patrick's trying to, to make something happen that's not there. Mm. Because through the first half of the season, I mean, he, he was, his numbers, throwing the ball fewer than 20 yards downfield, were very Patrick Mahomes-like. They just were not Patrick Mahomes-like throwing the ball more than 20 yards downfield. That part of the offense, for lack of a better word, was broken. I mean, it's just like you having your air conditioning out. It, was, it wasn't working. There was no use continuing to flip the switch. It wasn't going to come on until the repairman comes out. And I don't know what Mahomes and Andy Reid and Matt Nagy and that whole group did to kind of fix it, but, you know, they did get, go into kind of a, a shell a little bit. I mean, you know, where Mahomes wasn't pushing the ball downfield as much. And especially after the Raiders game, I mean, they went back to their bread and butter stuff, the things that they really do best. And between that and Mahomes' decision-making, which in these four postseason games was just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, this might be – I feel like even if the numbers don't say it and the Super Bowl numbers certainly do say it, but I think this four-game stretch might be amongst the best four games he's ever played. I mean, even though he had better numbers, I mean, it's just that, once again, tonight, I don't know that there was a ball that was ever in danger, that he ever put it in harm's way. Um, that his This decision makes just been remarkable. And there might have been a couple of times tonight that maybe he held on to the ball too long, but um, there was also some really leaky protection in the first half, so I think that was probably a bigger issue. But uh, I, I feel like that the evolution was, was Mahomes. He became a different quarterback. And honestly, I mean, I think he finished the season as a better quarterback. And and I don't think that there's any better sign. And, and, you know, and I talked a lot, and I think everybody talked a lot about, you know, Travis Kelsey needing that week 18 off to kind of rejuvenate himself and to get some rest. 
I think Mahomes needed it too. Mm-hmm. I think he needed the reboot because he's just looked like a different quarterback in the last four games since that week 18 and kind of taking the bye week and everything than he was at the end of the season. It's funny because I, I don't, I don't disagree with any of that about like looking at what this run has been like for Mahomes. And I, I'm with you in two games where he averaged 21 points offensively. Like these, these last two games against the, the Ravens and the Niners in the two biggest games of the year, they put up 42 total points combined. And the, uh, the, the best way that I have heard it described so far is from our, uh, our friend Seth Kaiser. And frankly, you know what? I'm just going to say maybe your friend Seth Kaiser. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, give him that high of an honor. No, but so. But something Seth said in an article a couple of days ago was that throughout this playoff run, it's been like Mahomes has been has been flawlessly shifting between Alex Smith and Josh Allen, depending on what the situation calls for. And even that, I feel like you could reduce down to parts that aren't even necessarily sufficient because it's making you think about the insufficiencies of an Alex Smith or a Josh Allen. But imagine Josh Allen with, with never making mistakes and Alex Smith having a Josh Allen button that he could push to become that guy. I mean, heck, and that was that was before Mahomes had, I think, at least two designed runs tonight, right? Oh, the design runs were, I mean, at that, at one point, I, I mean, especially there in the overtime, I was even thinking, you know, hey, Andy, uh, you just want to, you know, run the wishbone all the way yeah. down the field now and just go ahead and want to run the triple option with Mahomes? I mean, that's just working. Um, just talk about some absolutely incredible play calls. Um, for for all of the, uh, you know, criticism and complaining, I, I saw at halftime about Andy Reid, some of the play calling and, and everything. I think you could probably take that back in the second half because <laughs> there were some absolutely just amazing play calls and execution um, that Mahomes and his team did. I mean, those those, re- those those option plays were just absolutely amazing. I mean, going back to Tom and Jerry and the corn dog was absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, even the, you know, in the first half, even the, and, and we're kind of, kind of, kind of glossing over this. I mean, this probably isn't a, an overtime game if Isaiah Pacheco doesn't fumble. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the thing because uh, that throw and that, that play to, to Mahardman, yeah. I mean, just an absolutely perfect play and possibly the best throw that Mahomes ever made. I mean, mm. that was just a dime. 50, I think it went 54 yards in the air downfield. Wow, did it really? Just, just yeah. dropped in between two defenders perfectly in a guy's hands yeah. on the run. I mean, Hardman didn't even have to adjust. I mean, yeah. there was no looking for that ball. It just found his hands. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that that to me, I mean, it was just the, the creativity, especially in the second half, was just to me off the charts. Renee came to the to the station to watch with us. We we had a little a little Super Bowl work party kind of thing to uh, to watch it, and I believe that was the play where she said it's like he teleported the ball there, and I was like, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's Mahomes, baby. That's just that's just how we're living now, watching Patrick Mahomes play football. They just started re-airing it on NFL Network, and I'm like excited to see how it goes this time. Um, we're talking to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest, brought to you by Cap One Lending. Uh, I, I want to go to the defense here in a minute. We'll still do that, but first, can you just kind of? I don't know. Uh, you got you got the one piece up on on Chiefs Digest right now um but 
I I, I want to know what your uh, your post game path was like there in terms of maybe painting us a little bit of a picture of of what festivities you saw. I know that it's a madhouse out there for pressers and stuff after a Super Bowl, but uh, what was what was the energy like? I, I imagine good, but what did you see? Did anything stand out to you in in what you were uh, witnessing post game? Yeah, I was probably in the the worst place to be because I was in the the interview room for Reed and Mahomes, ah. and so I was next door to where they were bringing the players into the podium, and so you can, you can kind of hear that a little bit. And I did, you know, before uh, Patrick Mahomes came to the podium, I was over there for Nick Bolton, so at least I was able to see one of the players. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I'll try not to you know annoy everybody with too much of the inside football. I want know, it. It's really late. I want the inside football. <laughs> I mean, there were some poorly designed aspects to this thing. You know, Vegas <laughs> hasn't figured everything out. Yeah. Um, and, and the stadium, yeah, it's a really nice stadium, but some things are really spread out. So the interview rooms were, were heck and gone from, you know, the, the locker rooms and the field and everything. So um, it just took a long time to get the players and the coaches over there. And then they opened up the locker room at the same time that, the co- that, that, that Mahomes and Reed were on the podium, which usually it's after. So, you know, you kind of had, had three things going on. And, you know, for me, the, the, you know, one guy networking and everything. Yeah. Uh, kind of had to pick my poison. Yeah. Uh, so for those outlets that, yes, they have multiple people, hey, it's, that's great. You know, congratulations. <laughs> um, I'll, just, I'll just try and get you some things that, you know, are different than what everybody else has. So, you know, it's my specialty, Josh. That's yeah. what I try to do. Absolutely. Uh, um, so that was, that's, that's, those are my complaints right there. But um, I, I just sense, you know, especially from reading Mahomes, um, and, and Patrick flat out said it, I don't know if you've played it yet, but um, just flat out said it, I mean, this one's sweeter, yeah. you know, because it was harder uh, because of the adversity that they had to go through. And I think you saw it on him. I mean, you've seen the pictures of him on the, on the, on the field, on the, on the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that was just the, the release of everything that he's gone through this year and how tough things were. And I think you could see that come out. I mean, and he was kind of either the same way. I mean, that's, you know, at, is at both at once old hat because now they've done it three times in short order but at the same time, this one was so different, and I think it was so hard that it feels – and it certainly I thought that the emotions tonight were maybe not the same as Miami. They were different, but maybe just as intense. That's that's interesting. And do you, is that uh, not the same as last year against the Eagles where that one – I don't know. How do you, I guess how, do you, how are you comparing and contrasting those three then? Yeah, I mean, I would say if I if I had to describe each one in, in in just an adjective, I mean, I would probably say that Miami was elation. Mm. That was just you know fifty years of frustration, everybody getting out of their way, and and you know Andy finally getting that the monkey off his back, and you know the the Chiefs you know having having been you know so close and you know frustrating and you know. It, it, Bowing out of the playoffs and so many times, and you know, even you know, in the Alex Smith there feeling that they were close, but not being able to get over the hump and everything. I mean, that was just the elation that they were able to finally do it. This one, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 stronger than relief, but I don't quite know. I mean, the Germans probably have a word for it, Josh. They have a word, <laughs> sure. have a word for everything. Yes, but so if I could, if I could, if I could take you know, um, relief and. 
jubilation and combined them into one. I mean, that's kind of how I think this, this one felt. I mean, and, and certainly the way that they want it to, because yeah. I'm not sure I've ever seen a group of people as excited as the Chiefs were when McCole Hardman caught that pass, because just the way that that bench exploded, I mean, there's, I, I mean, you don't get walk-off football wins like yeah. that very often for championships. I mean, that almost never happens. So that's, I think, also part of the just, you know, maybe just once-in-a-lifetime kind of element of this game. It, it was such a cool, wild moment, and you're right. Some, just sort of the weirdness of it, of a oh, walk-off football, no hesitation from anybody. If this was like, it, wait, hold on, is that, okay, so is this, you know, did they get the ball back? I mean, it was, in that moment, it was, oh, this this is literally the game. The Chiefs are Super Bowl champions all over again, and they won it in a walk-off. It, it truly truly incredible um anything else from Raider Mahomes and the pressers that, that stood out to you what about Reed's demeanor I, I thought he was still you know in post-game press conference mode it does appear according to my sources who do include Andy Reed at the podium that he is not planning on retiring um I don't necessarily need you to provide any further reporting on that unless you want to um in the circumstances of your day but uh it, for real anything from from Reed and in the way we couldn't see him for most of that you know so I I'm I'm curious what his energy was like after spending quite a bit of time out there on the uh, on the stage and then on the field and, and getting to the podium later than usual. I imagine he had a lot of people to celebrate with. Yeah, he he was he was in rare form. I mean, and and once again, I mean, I kind of compare it to the previous post game press conferences, and it was different than Miami. You know, I mean, this was. He, he he was making jokes and everything. I mean, he, he, he was making jokes in Miami too. I mean, it's like once he wins the Super Bowl, he gets really really funny. I mean, he <laughs> just kind of lets lets it lets it hang a little bit. Um, and and so that that that, that stood out. I mean, he was he thanked everybody for coming. I mean, you know, like good. where where else are we, where else we're going to be? Andy? I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so I, yeah. I mean, I I thought that. And, and once again, I mean, in Miami, you just saw that the there was just the, you know, for him, it was just the elation of finally, you know, getting it all done. Yeah. And you could see that. And now, once again, I mean, it's kind of old hat enough that he's like, oh, you know, it's like, okay, well, we're doing this now. Um, but at the same time, you know, this year was stressful for him, too. I mean, it was just like it was for Mahomes. I mean, they both went through a really trying year. And so I think you... I at least got that sense from him once again that it was just the it was like a, I said a different emotion. You could tell in Miami that how important it was to him to finally you know get a Super Bowl of his own. That was a big deal, mm-hmm. but this one it just seems like doing it the way that they did it meant so much to him as well. I mean, it just meant a, a different way. And I, I, I'm probably repeating myself, Josh. I, yeah. I apologize. I don't, it is like three o'clock in the morning or something, right? Yeah, pretty much. It, the yeah, actual. The actual uh, details of the time aren't necessarily uh, aren't necessarily that important at this point. And I think it's actually still technically it might even be Sunday where I am, so I don't know why I'm complaining. No, it's um, Monday there too. Now, I mean, if my if my math is correct, but you know, it's late. It's late, and you've been talking and covering football all day. It's you know, this is, this is the Super Bowl post game show. But nobody's nobody's going to complain about covering football, not covering this team. My my no. goodness, I mean, Josh, this is just this team is ridiculous. It's back to back. It's three and five. It's unreal, Matt. I never. Uh, that's that's kind of where we open things tonight. But like it, it, it is. It, it would have been so beyond imagination 
it would have really, really been hard to tell my like 13 year old self that the Chiefs were totally going to win a Super Bowl, <laughs> and that at any point in the rest of my natural life, like that alone would have been thrilling. But three and five years, and, and and being the first team to go back to back since the dynasty that has has most haunted the AFC up until this point is unbelievable, like truly unfathomable. It would have been unfathomable ten years ago. Oh, this this was unfathomable six years ago. Sure, yeah, fair, I mean, fair. I mean, you know, I mean, and, and honestly, I mean, I almost feel like after you know, Chiefs won the first one. I mean, yeah, there was there was you know, Chris Jones saying you're going to win seven in a row or whatever it mm-hmm. was and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, getting closer to that than I ever thought that I think that we would have given them credit for. Yeah, it. no kidding. And they're so, certainly not done yet, but they could have a few more left in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this stretch has been absolutely ridiculous, and that's the scary thing is, is that it's not necessarily done yet. I mean, there's plenty left to go, so we'll, we'll see what more does this team's got in them. But uh, it's just. Uh, I, I'm almost, I'm almost speechless, Josh. This year, the number one receiver was a rookie out of SMU, and last year, their number one wide receiver was was Juju Smith Schuster on a one year deal who disappeared this year in New England. Like I, the 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 crazy thing about these last two, and we are still going to talk about the defense. I'm not going to let you go to sleep until we talk about the defense. And for that, I'm sorry, but we're talking about the Chiefs' offense in the last several years now, so we may be a minute away. But the the absolutely unreal thing that Dylan and I were talking about earlier. Is just this whole concept. I know we've talked about this before. You and Jason may have talked about this before too. I don't remember. It's late, but the the crazy thing about if you want to look at the NFL and in, in the way that you're like, all right, so this was the best team, and therefore this is the team that quote unquote should win the Super Bowl. This year should have been the Niners. Second place should have been the Ravens. Last year should have been the Eagles. And even just from the AFC side, you probably could have made a few different arguments. Now, maybe you could say, hey, the Bengals stole a spot from the Chiefs, but in, in the, you know, the Bengals Rams Super Bowl ultimately. But the Chiefs have just continued to find, and this is also like a total, a total crutch. But they have found ways to win games that they're not supposed to win, and they've beaten more complete teams. And, and this, the story of this team almost needs to start with the defense. But I, I am beginning to accept that something about the intangible stuff does come from a tangible place. Like when you have the greatest quarterback of all time, one of the greatest head coaches of all time, and the greatest tight end of all time, parentheses, one of the greatest playoff performers of all time, and the defense they had this year or last year, the, the extra gear that Juju brought them. When you have those guys at the helm, you do win more games and you do have success in more coin flip moments than a team that doesn't have generational legends. Like, it, it's hard to wrap your head around sometimes, but it is legitimate, right? It is legitimate, and this is not something that I should be bringing up at this time of morning on a, on a Monday after a Super Bowl, but... <laughs> because I don't think either one of us can do the math at this point, Josh. Although you're 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 full of uh, Dr. Pepper Zero, so you're probably I sure am. This the math than I am unofficially brought to you by that sugar-free and delicious. I'll try some math. But this Chiefs team, in, in the regard that, like you're talking about, they're they're breaking football statistics and analytics. Yeah. Because you know, I, I think you t- tweeted out something earlier tonight about you know the Chiefs record. And, you know, went down by, went in Mahomes' record in the playoffs, down by more than seven points. I mean, 
they're they're doing things and winning at a rate that in deficit situations and when they're down and when their backs are against the wall or any of these neighbors, you just pick the category and you find one. And you'll probably find that Mahomes is nine and two, and you know the rest of the league has probably six wins and fifty eight thousand losses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the same, you know, same situations. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And and they're breaking it in the way that you know you would say, okay, well, you know, yeah, Mahomes is, you know, an, an incredible talent. And but at the same time, you also have Andy Reid, who is. While has adopted some analytics, and I thought that you know discussing even how they were going to address overtime and how they were going to play it, and that the 49ers kind of did them a favor as far as you know just choosing the to, to take the ball first, and because the Chiefs wanted to go on defense first because of the way that the, the overtime is now situated. But Andy Reid is a as a feel and momentum coach. I mean, he still makes most of his decisions based on that, and he'll take the analytics and he considers them from time to time. But the Chiefs aren't breaking, you know, the norms of the NFL because Andy Reid is, you know, some analytics darling that just rolls dice and goes for every fourth down and is crazy. They're just like Brandon Staley on steroids or something. It's just, Which is just Dan Campbell. It, there you go. But, just physically. You know, Andy's, Andy, he's doing it with, I mean, obviously just an alien. Yeah. It, it makes it makes it easier to understand when the numbers don't quite add up that your your quarterback must have come through a wormhole at some point. It kind of it kind of tracks. Um, all right, last big thing that probably could have been the first thing, Matt, but I will not let you go until we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs defense. They held the Baltimore Ravens to 10 points. They held the Niners to 19 through regulation. They held them to a field goal when a field goal ended up being a win. The Niners got a little bit of ground made up later in the game. It felt like there were some things moving, but even even going back and looking at the the drive charts, some of the box score stuff of just being like, oh, Christian McCaffrey, 3.6 yards per carry, huh? It felt like more than that, but it wasn't because they had some big stops and some big moments. Starting just with this game today, what did you see from the Chiefs' defense that held this fairly reasonably vaunted Niners offense to looking a whole lot more one-dimensional than any group with that many, that many talented playmakers should ever look. Yeah, I mean, the, in some ways they accomplished exactly what they were out to accomplish. I mean, their mission and their, their goal this week was obviously, is you know, and I think uh, you know, Dick Bolton and a lot of the guys said was, you know, kill the engine. I mean, you know, take out Christian McCaffrey. Make sure that he can't beat you, and they absolutely did that. I mean, we were even talking, I think, on Friday, you know, what does the Chiefs' loss look like? Well, Christian McCaffrey goes nuts. Did not go nuts today, and and it was a combination. I mean, I I feel bad for, for Kyle Shanahan because, you know, he once again loses a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, he's blown bigger leads, but I'm boom. But I feel bad for him, but then again, I mean, some of it was self-inflicted. I yeah. did not understand why on those first three drives of the second half that they only gave the ball to Christian McCaffrey once so weird. and were trying to throw the football when they're a team that likes to run and, and should have absolutely been doing that to see if they could just salt away that lead. I think he was trying to I, – I think that uh, Kyle Shanahan kind of got in the same thing that the Ravens did. I think that you know when the Ravens got behind and decided that they had to start throwing the football around, 
he felt like, hey, you know what, Chiefs got a ten to three now. I need, I, I can't, I can't be up by seven. I can need to be up by fourteen. And you know, rather than just kind of letting the game come to him, I think he was trying to force it, and um, and, and that's, I think, really cost him early in the second half. I will also, you know, even though we're, I know we're talking about the Chiefs defense here, but I do have to say, I I thought that, that Brock Purdy under under the pressure of the Chiefs defense was going to wilt, and he really didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a really good game, but the I mean, the Chiefs defense was absolutely nails when it needed to be. I mean, they they got stops when they have had to have them. Um, they. Didn't give up really any big plays. That's, there was a few on the first possession, but you know, and then they get the turnover. It was a big deal. I mean, obviously the turnovers were pretty critical in this game. Um, but no, I mean this this defense did it. I mean, it's remarkable. You know, never gave up more than twenty seven points. And to the very end, as my 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 podcast partner, as Nick Jacobs has said, you know, most of the season it's the race to twenty five. Yep. And. And and what did the Chiefs do? They hit twenty five and you know final play of the season, beautiful. win the game. I am going to I am going, I am going to take the scenic route on one quick thing, Josh, and yeah. say that um, I've I've been talking about this game with a lot of people tonight, and we've been talking about it and everything. But you know what? The one thing that we haven't talked about is that special teams huge was huge in this game, huge and huge in the sense that not only was the, were the Chiefs special teams almost perfect. Okay, Richard James needs to be a little more careful with the football at times. Um, other than that, I mean, Harrison Butker was nailed. Uh, Tommy Townsend, I think, what, tied for the NFL record for you know punting average in a game. Hmm. And they get the block, hmm. uh, extra point that obviously was huge. Um, almost blocked a, a field goal that I, I thought they were going to get. I mean, that, I mean, they were they had something on the on the 49ers special team. They had that time down, so I was not surprised that they got that extra point at all. Um, it was the special teams were huge. They were nearly perfect tonight. So I think you have to pour one out for Dave Tope too. Yeah, look, it's a three phase game, and tonight the Chiefs won it by some relatively thin margin in all three of those realms. And that's how you win an overtime Super Bowl with a walk off and everything. Um, Matt, last thing for you: tell us what people can expect on ChiefsDigest dot com and how you expect to get to the media availability tomorrow morning. <laughs> Uh, very carefully is how I expect to get to the media availability tomorrow morning. Um, but, uh, yeah, I already have a piece up about, uh, Dave Merritt and, and Brendan Daly, you know, moving into some rare company with their, their Super Bowl rings. Um, Brendan Daly's got six rings now, in case you haven't noticed. There's only three people in NFL history with more rings than Brendan Daly, linebackers coach for the Chiefs, uh, which I think is pretty, pretty remarkable. I mean, there was a time when Brendan Daly was the only guy in the Chiefs that had a ring. <laughs> that's such a good point holy cow that's wild uh but uh <sighs> and then uh also working on a piece about uh harrison butker's big night and special teams big night so we'll get into that and uh yeah i mean uh, i have to touch a little bit on uh travis kelsey uh, deciding to knock over andy reed that was, that, was a, that, was a, that was a good moment in the game. And then Andy Reid knocking over Chris Jones. Very different energy in those two, Very, uh, those two interactions. 
I did not think that Andy was going to get up off of Chris. I thought he might just be down for the rest of the night. I didn't know he had that kind of that kind of get up. I I was I, I doesn't I, I feel like he's talked about this before. Maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm projecting or something. But like I, Andy Reid went down like that. If you haven't seen the video, Andy like Chris Jones is laying on the turf after the game, and Andy Reid just fully planks on him. Like it was wild. Yeah. Um And I just didn't know Andy Reid's knees had that in him. Like that. I just. I, I know I know knees get cranky and I know I know Andy Reid's lived a football life and I just I didn't think his knees were going to allow for that full range of motion. Well, if uh, I think if, if Ted Cruz and Schaefer was, weren't there and everything like that to get him back up, I, like I said, I, Andy might just stay down there with Chris. <laughs> I think I think Chris Jones may have had something to say about it and he, he was moving <laughs> guys all day, but Andy Reid Andy Reid's a big fella and he definitely uh, you could say he won the leverage there. I think that may have counted as a pancake. So uh, we'll let you go, Matt. I appreciate you spending uh, about a half hour of uh, of absolutely untenable late post game recap time with us here tonight and. All season long, it's always an absolute treat. And I hope people check out ChiefsDigest.com for uh, everything else you have to offer. Thanks again, and uh, get some sleep before tomorrow morning. (laughs) I appreciate you, Josh. The best half hour of my day. You always know that. (laughs) That can't possibly be true today. You covered a Super Bowl, but thanks anyway. (laughs) Well, it is Monday after all. Hey, you know what? I'll take that. The best 30 minutes of your Monday I'm cool with. Thank you, Matt. Take care, Josh. Matt Derrick, ChiefsDigest.com. And you heard him mention Nick Jacobs. 41 is the mic is the podcast they do uh, over there with the little Chiefs Digest 41 crossover. I don't believe they've done that episode yet, but I don't know. They're both lunatics. It could be something crazy could happen. Uh, that'll be must-listen whenever it uh, whenever it rolls around. So we will take a timeout here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. And uh, we've got a lot more audio I'd like to get to. We may open the uh, phone lines back up in a little bit as well. If you have some more stories about uh, maybe what it was that uh, made this game day special for you, or you just want to sound off on some things with the game, 913-3810-810. But hey, if we don't get a bunch of calls, we've got a ton of audio. We'll keep playing that for you as the Chiefs are champions, and this time it's back-to-back. Purdy's under center with a couple tight ends. Hand off McCaffrey over the right tackle. He fumbled the ball as he was hit. He crossed the 27. And the ball was jarred free. He was hit on the play. Kroloftis may have jumped on the ball. They're untangling the bodies. The Chiefs pointing one way and so are the officials. A turnover by San Francisco. McCaffrey has turned the ball over. On the first drive of Super Bowl 58. And the Chiefs take over. And their defense... Forces the turnover. Karloftis got it. There are still plenty of twists and turns after that moment, but that play was huge, and it's our defensive play of the game brought to you by Slagle Fence. Slagle Fence, as Kansas City's preferred fence company, has been serving the KC metro areas for over a decade, offering security and style. Call 816-863-6159 or go to slaglefence.com for your free estimate. Gave out the phone number, which means we'll take a few calls if you want to uh, dial in. And if not, we'll just pivot on over to some audio here in mere moments. But uh, we got a couple on hold right now. We'll open it up here with Jeff. Jeff, you're on 810. How you doing, Jeff? 
Josh, I'm doing wonderful. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic, man. What's on your mind? Oh, we're doing great, man. Uh, one thing, Derek McKinnon, he played. I didn't think he was going to play. I can't even talk. <laughs> the octaves you're hitting, though, are great. Oh. Didn't think he was going to play, but you know what? He, he, he did what he could. But I want to talk about one person, and that's Miko Hardman. Talk to him. Let's go. We traded a six-round pick for him, so he could be better than Kadarius Tony. And guess what? He was. I think that's a good way of looking at it. You know how I feel about, like, draft pick trades and everything. I'd like to have my draft picks when I can have them. But they traded a third and something for uh, for Kadarius Tony, and then a compensatory sixth whatever thing for Hardman to be better than Tony. That's actually a good trade. I like that now. Oh, uh, one more thing. Brett McDuffie. Yeah. Won us the game. He did several plays. Oh, my God. In the end zone. He dropped that ball away from Debo. He's amazing. I'm excited for what to come. Josh, back to back. We're a dynasty. Three out of five. We did it. It's real. It is established. It is definite. And it is inarguable. Good to hear from you, Jeff. Godspeed. I'll listen off the air. Sounds good. Godspeed to you as well. Party hard out there for me, please. Uh, next up, we got Greg. Greg, you on 810. How you doing? Jables. Top of the championship morning to you and all of the Chiefs kingdom. Oh, my God. All right. So let's get down to it. Brass tack. I know that time is precious. Uh,. First of all, the grit, the absolute, you can take the lead, San Francisco. You can look like you're ahead. It's great. We don't back down. I mean, you know what? Tribute, Carl Weathers. You may think we're down, Rock, but we're going to come back and we're going to keep fighting. And you know what? We may knock your ass down and we may knock your ass out. And my God, went ahead and... San Francisco, you know, you gave us everything you had. That's what I mean. We took all their best body shots in the first Mm -hmm. half, all the trickery, all the whatever. And when it comes down to it, damn, Mahomes is just, I mean, he said it. He's an alien. It's, It's just. I don't know. I think it's a dream state. I'm so glad to be, I'm so glad to be a, you know, for all the dues that were paid for all the years that we suffered. Oh, I just, everybody just have a great time and man, it is so nice to be a champion again. And, uh, uh, I uh, okay. So here's my last little, my analytical, my one little thing I want to ask you, Josh. Sure. Yeah, hit me. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm so sorry. I, it's so hard to find. A, I'm such a. I'm, I'm a wreck of emotion. Um, <laughs> You're doing great. You brought a. You brought a good chaotic energy. And I haven't crushed yet, which not is great. To be profane. I'm Thank you really so much. Working hard. You're doing a great uh, job. 
thank you. Uh, so, um, our run, I, I was worried about our run defense uh, the whole time. Um, pretty much McCaffrey, he got he ran into the brick wall just the same way as Isaiah did. Well, I knew every time Isaiah was having to run the ball, he was running it right into the teeth. And that's why I said we had to get past the line of scrimmage. And uh, thankfully, Andy Reid somehow heard me through the TV and <laughs> – I know that was total bullshit. I mean, no, those guys... you got so close. No, I'm sorry, sorry, salt, bull salt, bull salt. Land the oh, plane, Greg. It's still on. Land the plane. We dumped it. We dumped it. Land the plane for me. You, you made it through almost three clean minutes. Right, right, right. Uh, so anyway, we figured out that we had to go over the top, and and actually, it wasn't even that. All of a sudden, Pat figured out, hey, I'm gonna just go ahead and start running the ball, and next thing you know. Michael Jordan was sprinting down the field, and I think that got the juices flowing. Mm. Uh, we we talked about it amongst the house. I won't say that it was my idea that I saw it or that I'm any kind of – I'm telling you, I'm, most of the days I walk around with my head and my colon. It, it is what it is. But I thought that – we all thought that those are the plays. All of a sudden, next thing you know, that popped the clutch. That got the engine going, and our defense, uh, you know, okay, so here's the last thing. I won't keep you. It's, it's just celebration in the city, but Dave Tug, our special teams, you want to know who the MVP of the game is? It's our special team. How about that extra point uh, block that, made it where it was no longer a four-point game but a three-point game and oh man they just they they came up here tommy townsend i mean just the tombstone killer oh i love it i i celebrate wildly kansas city just be safe wear your seatbelts don't be stupid call an uber Totally a good dismount to me, Greg. I appreciate you, man. That's good good stuff. And only one foul and a great message at the end. So we're going to call that. We're going to call that an overall positive from Greg. Can we get the same fate from George? George, John 810, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Josh? I am fantastic. What's on your mind? Oh, Josh, you're great, dude. Thank um, you. I, you know, Joey Bosa is like, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of him and, and his brother and you know, all the, the holding, you know, the comments that he made earlier in the week, and, you know, they hold a lot. And I just couldn't stand him, but I just thought it was great just to see him get exposed because there, there was a great uh, rundown on, uh, I think, Tim Hasselbeck and, and uh, broke it down where he bit three times on the play action, uh, from the shotgun, wow. and he bit on the running back, and it just left Patrick Mahomes wide open to run the ball down the field and pick up the first down in overtime. He had Travis Kelsey locked up uh, when he caught the ball uh, and got it down towards the goal line in overtime. And then the last play of the game, Joey Bosa bit on the running back and you know left uh, Hardman wide open there. I, I just it was just fun to see that. It was they they uh, they had Nick Bosa in an absolute absolute. 
I don't want to say spin cycle, uh, torture chamber, whatever they have in years past, but being able to essentially remove him from so many aspects of the game and to get him. I have not seen that breakdown from from perhaps Hasselbeck. That's that sounds fascinating of how often he was biting on on the play actions. That's that's in the scouting report for him, and it sounds like they were able to capitalize on that again. Yeah, it was a, it was just awesome to to see see him get <laughs> he got schooled, man. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, Andy Reid laying on top of Chris Jones is the best <laughs> celebration I've ever seen in my life. That was amazing. It was. I don't think I could do any better than that, George. I appreciate you hanging out with us tonight, man. Uh, yeah, I think that is the again. If you man, if you haven't seen the clip, please do whatever it takes to go. The Chiefs tweeted it out, right? I think they did, and if not, I'll tell you, I did at JB Briscoe and Dylan probably did. And Dylan's Twitter handle is definitely no question, absolutely D Michaels eight ten, which you could have just. I was sort of throwing to you to just give your own Twitter endorsement. Dylan then like mouthed it and walked me through to make sure I was. I was gonna guess D Michaels eight ten. But I also, so I'm Joshua Briscoe. That's Dylan Michaels. Cal Collier and uh, Covell Hudson have both stepped out of the darkness that is uh, that is approaching the 3 a.m. turn on this uh, post game show. I will say this right now, Eric Bieniemy scenes. I will say this. I I don't think physically there's a, a rhyme or reason for this show to go all the way until 6 a.m. today. To hand it over to the border patrol, um, but because I gotta like prep for the zone, and then we got a show that starts at ten, and Dylan and I gotta like do all that. I'm not even planning on sleeping. We'll just see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> but I, am, I haven't decided yet either. I haven't decided. I, the caffeine's coming through. I'm just trying to logistically plan some of this out. But let if me tell I you this: mainlined caffeine into myself, it wouldn't be enough right now. It no, just not. that's true. You've got the yawns a little bit, not terrible, but also I know how much coffee you consume on a daily basis and how much coffee you've consumed tonight. Amount, yes. It's concerning. It's a concerning amount of coffee that Dylan typically enjoys. Um, you know, I'm not going to say a definitive statement here. I'm going to ask a question: Did I consider earlier today maybe trying Zen for the first time? You know, I'm just asking the question. <laughs> Did I consider it? Right now, is this show powered by the pure uh, pure fuel of uh, Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar and whatever those little chocolate, peanut butter, crunchy little dessert thingy bites that Renee bought? Yes, absolutely. Johnny's Tavern Pizza, that's in the system as well. So will this show go all the way to the Border Patrol tonight? I, I don't know. I can't. I can't say that it that it definitively will. Will I be conscious for the entirety of the zone tomorrow? I I can't say. Will we be broadcasting live from downtown on Wednesday? I can tell you, yes, indeed, we will. And I will have slept at some point going into that broadcast. But you know what I can tell you? We're about to hit three a.m. This would be a really convenient time for us to say congratulations and thanks for partying with us, Kansas City. We'll talk to you in the morning. Take a nice three hours off. But this isn't the last hour of the postgame show. Ho, ho! No, it isn't! 
Because we haven't heard from Legereus Sneed or Nick Bolton or McCole Hardman or Clark Hunt or Drew Tranquil or Justin Reed or many other players who we have not yet heard from on the Sports Radio 810 WHP postgame show. You heard it here first. It's almost 3 a.m. and I'm not effing leaving. you the Kevin Harlan Westwood one call of that play earlier on Jim Nance also doing great work with a great play jackpot Kansas City the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions back to back and we've talked about all sorts of different sides of the ball the offense defense and special teams everything that went into this win for the Chiefs but I am going to give the green light to the unit that has never gotten enough talk this year, that has done so much to carry this team at times, and tonight stood up huge in big moments. I'm giving it to Inspags. We trust Steve Spagnolo and everybody on down. The Kansas City Chiefs defense gets the green light, brought to you by Green Light Dispensary. Outstanding customer service, superior product, and continuously voted Missouri's best. Open seven days a week. Find a location near you today at greenlightdispensary.com. Where you can also check out all their great deals in Flower Power Month at Greenlight Dispensary. Again, greenlightdispensary.com. Listen, it's the 3 a.m. hour here, and I've still got some juice. I hope you do as well, Kansas City, or perhaps maybe you're listening to all however many hours of this in the uh, podcast form later on, or however you're enjoying it all. We appreciate you being here. You can also watch the show uh, live on the Sports Radio 810 WHB socials. Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. You can check it out on all those places if you want to just see me and then break C. Dillon. It's just we're the only two people in the building right now, but we're here for you. We're, we're here to make some radio magic and to celebrate some uh, some football magic. So we'll go back to the audio. And uh, look, man, the, Legereus Sneed had an unbelievable year. He's going to be a free agent. Um, I do think right now I'd... I'd go ahead and bet on the Chiefs franchise tagging Legereus Sneed at least to figure out what their options are after that point. We got time to figure all that out again. I do not want to get ahead of myself here as it's barely even Monday and I'm sure there's still confetti fluttering around some parts of the Las Vegas area. I'm, I'm not going to get uh, to free agent predictions by any means, but he made himself a lot of money over the course of this season by just having an incredible year. The Niners avoided him when they could, and it's also a super talented Niners offense. I don't know if anyone on defense had a perfect game, but I think everybody out there had a very, very good one. Here is Legereus Sneed talking to the media after the game. Oh, man. Go time. Go time, you know. Do or die. Can you hold him 
a field goal. What's he going to do? Where's your mentality on walking off the field goal? Oh, it's a blessing because I know our offense is going to go and score the ball down the field. How much faith did you have in Patrick? Oh, man. Patrick on the 10-yard line with Coach Andrew Reese, his coach? I had no pressure on my back, yeah. Back to back, Back to back. It's a blessing to be. Did Definitely. Definitely did. Uh, I would say that's when we, get, we lost our cool when we got tight. I'd say uh, they was doing a little slicking and stuff, and you know, the refs caught what we did. That's all. Oh man, it's a blessing, you know, to deal with our just legendary play. Oh man, I believe in Pat, in Pat we trust, and you know, Coach Reed, I knew they was going to score down and score the ball. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. Oh, I haven't been in the locker room yet, but I know when I get in there, it's going to be electric and crazy. Oh, yeah, I see a couple guys did, but, you know, all that didn't matter. We won a Super Bowl. Oh, it's legendary. It don't happen often, and you know it, I'm great to be a part of this. Oh, we knew they was moving the ball, so we knew we just had to head them to a field goal and put our trust in our offense, and we know they're gonna go down and score the ball. Oh, Chris has been electric all year, man. I love playing with him. Love being inside him. Love. To be his teammate, he's a great, such a leader. Uh, that was the main hunter. That's the main man who wants to stop. You know, we stop him, shut him down, and let the DBs do us on the outside. Oh man, and Spaz, we trust. You know, he's we're putting everybody in the right position all year, and shout out to him. Uh, some dogs. We've been dogs and savages. That's what we call ourselves, savages. All year, the whole entire year. We had a lot of adversity, but we stayed together and kept going. Dogs and savages from Legereus Sneed. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, I just, they're, they're replaying the game on NFL Network. And I just saw the the Sneed penalty over again. And, you know, he said there something along the lines of they were doing some sneaky stuff and the ref saw what we were doing. And I've... Legereus Sneed has never been a guy to, like, make excuses for any of that. I think that's just his explanation, and he's right. It's the Niners are getting away with some stuff. Oh, the double pass. Oh, I don't, re- I don't like rewatching the double pass. No. I know how this game ends, and I don't, I don't enjoy that. This game was 10 nothing. <laughs> I know that. I know that Mahomes has literally never not been down 10 nothing in a Super Bowl. In his four appearances. 
But man, that game was 10 nothing with four and a half minutes left in the half scoring on a double pass. Crazy. Uh, next year, another member of that defense. Again, just everybody defensively. They needed to get some shine. Uh, Nick Bolton almost had a pick, and, and I don't think he probably is thrilled with how he played that double pass um, just because I'm looking at it again right now. But uh, Nick Bolton, obviously the whole defense runs through him at some point or another because he's the one relaying the calls with the green dot and uh, one of Steve Spagnuolo's favorites. Here's uh, Chiefs Mike linebacker Nick Bolton with his uh, thoughts and comments to the media after the game. Yeah, man, I think uh, uh, still settling in a little bit. Uh, still surreal, man. Uh, yeah, uh, the first one you win, it's, it's, it's amazing. And the second one, you come back to back to back, man. It's just you don't even know how to put it in words, man. I just I'm proud of the guys of, of the work we put in. Uh, we're the hardest working team in the league, man. And uh, just happy to see it come out on, on display, especially when the times need it the most. And uh, just gritty uh, football and just find a way to win. Yeah, man, I think as a defensive player, uh, it's a little disrespectful, but uh, at the same time, you understand that those defense been out there all, all, all the whole last minute and a half, man, so the legs are a little bit tired. And, um, yeah, man, just part of it, man. Yeah, again, I talked to that guy, man, and, uh, yeah, Miko, I was proud of him, man, because the year hasn't been with the way uh, he probably planned it out to be. I started somewhere else, came here, had a role, kind of lost a role a little bit, and um, in the biggest moment, uh, Carl found a way to carve out a role uh, and excelled in it this week. Yeah, man, I think our D-line kind of turned it up a little bit. Um, a lot of guys winning one-on-ones. And, uh, again, I think in the second half, put a little bit more man coverage, uh, play a little more press, let our corners do what they do best, and um, let our D-line do what they do. Uh, that's pass for us to get up the field, man, and uh, cause uh, havoc for the quarterback. Yeah, man, I celebrate with my, well, my parents and my girlfriend out here. Uh, yeah, I'm big on family, man, and uh, they've been with me every, every second of the way, man. So uh, uh, it's probably going to win and have those guys on the field for real. Yeah. Yeah, man, uh, I think I think we're trending in the right direction. Uh, well, I'm, again, I think the message of sending to the whole NFL, man, that's not really our goal. Uh, we just had to go out there, man, put, put good stuff on tape. Uh, we're playing for the guy next to us. Uh, we grew up together, man. The guy's been the same same scheme, same system for three or four years, man. And, uh, we wanted for the brother next to us more than we wanted for anything else. And, uh, yeah, man, I was just happy for uh, a lot of guys to get their first ring, some guys get their second. Uh, some guys got in their third, man. And uh, one, one, one of the guys, Drew Tranquil, man, uh, everything since he came in has been nothing but a positive. Uh, put the work in every single day, man, and uh, just as a, as a hope to get to this game, man, and, and play and win a wing, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy. When I get done with here, I'm celebrating with him first. That's the first guy I'm going to go see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't mean all week, man. We, we, we feel like we deserve the right uh, to be a part of history, uh, be a part of a dynasty, or whatever you want to call it, man. And uh, we just want to go out here and execute, man, for, again, for the person next to us. And uh, if we're able to find a way to win this game and uh, uh, get back to back, man, we understood the, the, the I guess, the importance of it. Um, we understand that a lot of teams haven't done it. And so, yeah, uh, we definitely wanted this one for sure. Yeah, man, I think I think it's kind of crazy, man. Six rings. Uh, a guy's been doing it for a long time, man. Phenomenal coach. Um, it's the reason why uh, he's been associated with winning. Uh, I told him after the game, man, he might, might go your extra hand on the side uh, before it's all said and done. Uh, but, yeah, man, again, he's a, tr- a tremendous coach, man, and uh, gives confidence to a lot of guys in the locker room every single week. And, uh, yeah, we're proud to have him here. There's Nick Bolton, the uh, signal caller, the green dot, the Mike linebacker on this Chiefs defense. And now let's hear from... 
the hero at the end. At some point, we'll uh, we'll play you some of the uh, NFL Network desk sort of back and forth. It was all very fun, including Patrick Mahomes butting in to say something about McCole Hardman. Uh, but here, let's let's just hear from McCole Hardman at his table after the game. Not long after scoring the game-winning walk-off touchdown to win the Super Bowl, a very far cry from where he was is, if memory serves, I believe a multiple-time healthy scratch and, and really a non-member of the New York Giants offense. He ends the year in the end zone in Las Vegas. KC, welcome back with open arms. And now to get here to the Super Bowl and the end how it ended, I, think it, I don't think I want to know other way. Yeah, I thought that was going to defer. I thought that was the right thing to do was defer. But um, when they took the ball, we like, oh, yeah, bet. Like, now we know what we got to do as an offense. It's like it's, it's kind of one of them things. They kick the field goal. We you know, we look at each other like, oh, yeah, let's go score. It's, it's time to go score, and, um, and, and let's go win this game. So that's kind of was our mindset the whole way, and, um, and we walked it off. You've been around Pat for a long time. I have. So you go on the field Oh, how, how much confidence is there in the world? Whatever that is, that's what we that's what we have in him because I mean, <laughs> the man has done it time and time again, man. I think he improved himself in those situations that he's so calm under pressure and he make the right decisions. He know what to do, um, even when he's running with his feet or scrambling and making a throw or you know telling the coach to, to call the right call. I mean, he he's one of the best I've ever seen in those pressure moments like that, and I don't, I wouldn't rather have nobody else in those type of moments. Well, I knew, but, like, when you black out, it's like, and then and you just come back to reality, you know. And I think it was one of those moments where I, I just, it, it just, I blanked and, and it snapped me like, oh, like, we won it, you know. And um, and we just went from there. Yeah, I remember that pass. I, did, I, I forgot I even did that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was a play that we've been, uh, we've been, we had in and, um, Power told me it was gonna be an airtime throw, and he was throwing it no matter what. <laughs> so um, when I when I seen it, you know, um, obviously like a, a corner post in, in a sense. And when I was running, as you can see, I seen him throw it. I'm like, oh, let me dig some more because I know he's gonna throw this thing far. <laughs> and um, all I seen was him throw it. And I seen the corner was rushing back, and I was like, dang, like he might try to pick this. And for some reason, I guess he just lost it, and I just made a good catch. And um, you know. Wanted to, uh, to get that out the way. Hopefully, we could have scored on that drive. But you know, either way, either way, it go. Is he the goat? I don't know, man. He, he's he's there. You know, when you talk about goats, you gotta think Tom got seven of them things, man. <laughs> That's kind of hard to you know you know. But Pat's still young, and for him to be even that conversation is a, is a testament to itself. And I, I see the guy work. He worked very hard and improving his game, you know, day in, day out. Um, every season you see he get better at something, you know. And um, But for him to be in that GOAT conversation, it tells you the testament of how good he really is, you know. So. Last, last question. Uh, meal, my girl might cook, you know. I don't know what she's going to cook. I'm going to cook something, though. Uh, maybe lasagna or something like that. And the song? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know if y'all ever heard my brother named Show Out though. Um, my brother named Show Out Two WCTs. He got a song called Back Focus, and that song right there, man. I listen to that song every day, and that song song is like, you know, you give me a chance, I'm, I'm gonna make something kind of happen type things. The thing with it, so um, that's the song I'm gonna listen to for sure. Thanks, Appreciate it. Thank y'all. Can I take this getting ready? Yeah. Hey, can y'all still recording? Are y'all still recording? Yeah. Hey, getting ready. Listen, let me tell y'all something. Hey, I love y'all so much. This getting ready. I love it.
Nicole Hardman. Dude is on a different planet right now. That was before the celebration. Gatorade. Please. Please get McCole Harbin some free Gatorade. You good, Dylan? Dylan hearing footsteps? I don't know. I saw a shadow or something. Dylan's seeing shadows. Might be late, you know. It is late. But also, like, sometimes people show up here at random hours. People who work here, ideally. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Hey, uh, Dylan, can you come in, like, can you come double close my door? Your door being open is fine. Can you come double close mine? Can you put a chair under the thing? I didn't see any shadows moving. But, hey, if you feel like at any point, Dylan, you're going to get, like, attacked by some sort of extraterrestrial, uh, make sure you flip the camera to you first. So at that point, we'll at least have, like, live stream footage. We will both perish, but you will, unfortunately, you'll go first. Get to sleep quicker, you know. (laughs) Might be a long nap, but. You'll get to catch a few Zs a little earlier. I will finally have an excuse to try to jump off the balcony here and just see how it goes, because I'm not going out that door. Not after the Mothman gets you or whatever. That is <laughs> that is spectacular unhinged stuff from McCole Hardman. The perfect, perfect player to, to be the hero in that moment. Um, here's... I really like McCole Hardman. I talked to him a couple of years ago um, out at one of the, like, ADA... Uh-oh, my, my doors in here just jiggled, Dylan. Did you hear that? It doesn't even look windy. The doors to the outside, the doors to the balcony just jiggled a little bit. Made some noise. It doesn't. Nothing's moving around out there. We are risking our lives to bring you this post-game show, potentially. If this Allegedly. is If this is anything other than somebody bringing, like, champagne and Super Bowl hoodies... I don't want you. Leave us alone. I've always really liked McCole Hardman. I didn't love the trade to bring him back just now. I would have also been totally cool with him just bringing him back on a the deal he signed with the Jets. That was never really the problem. Um, but I talked to him for 10 or 15 minutes uh, for a segment out at an ADA signing event a few years ago and just got great, just kind of fun, silly vibes from him, which came through in that in that clip also. But him being the player to pay off that moment in the Super Bowl in a walk-off is both hilarious and perfect for lots of reasons. And just the the connection point of that being McCole Hardman in that moment when last year on Little Corn Dog Motions, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. I still I still didn't look Sky Moore never got a target or anything. I don't know if he played an offensive snap or if he was just, uh-oh, I just looked around and Dylan's not in his chair anymore. I was looking at the box score and then I looked back and Dylan just disappeared. Well, this will either keep going or not. And now Dylan, air quotes, just walked back in, if that's even the real you. That's a little concerning. <laughs> Quick, Dylan, say something that only Dylan would say, only the real Dylan would say. Uh, I'm going to go watch the Marathon of America's game tonight and not go to sleep. I think I'll just do that. All right. It's probably Dylan. By the way, think about the amazing twists and turns of the America's game we will get from this season with all the drama and all the stars and all the storylines. It will be the best one that we've had for sure as the Chiefs yet. Maybe best all time. 
also not gonna be better than 07 Giants. That's one of the greatest of all time, but they might be up there. But you say that, you know what's gonna happen retroactively? That Bills freak out is going to ne- that is gonna get the Brady treatment. I forgot about that. Even talking about all the storylines, I completely forgot about that. That's that's going to get Bradified in a way that's going to save our souls, I think. Let's hope Omaha and Netflix decided to re-sign Patrick for just one more season oh, of quarterback. Oh, no. Oh, the first that's what so I haven't good. thought about. Oh, can you imagine if they were following him this year? I think they were because, remember, it was his production company that yep. was a part of it last year. So yep. maybe oh. he's just the bingo space that we all need Please. that show. Oh, I would be so happy. Even Kirk Cousins again. Yeah, that too. It would be heartbreaking in a way that I would like. But then it ends with him doing a Magic Mike dance at the NFL Honors, and it's like, all right. Exactly. It's like two people doing sequels of the same first season. And then who's the Marcus Maybe you get your Baker Mayfield season. We talked about him before the year. Think about how good that would have been. That would be really good. Do you think you think they started? Flacco, they started with Flacco. just a full camera crew in Joe Flacco's house for like eight weeks. Just Joe Flacco just on a couch, just eating popcorn, not even speaking, not even addressing the camera, not acknowledging it. Just a full on, like never breaking the fourth wall. It's amazing. Just incredible. Um, let's uh, let's go to Clark Hunt here. Now we've gone offense, defense. Let's go ownership. As uh, Clark Hunt talked with James Palmer of NFL Network, and uh, they talked for a little bit, I imagine about a few things, but uh, including the Andy Reid retirement rumors that unless I've missed some really important tweets, I'm guessing Clark Hunt's going to say are not really made of anything. I'll use the word so you don't have to, Clark. The word (laughs) dynasty. You've been to four now. You've won three. Is this becoming a dynasty with the group you have? Yeah. Well, I always say that I'm going to leave that to someone else to, to determine. I took care of it. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. But the performance tonight was incredible. I, that was a, one of the best football games I've ever seen. Uh, what a great job by Andy Reid and his staff. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes, when he had to come through, did like he usually does. You mentioned Andy Reid. There's rumors, obviously, every year when you get to where Andy is that he may hang it up and he may retire. What is your pitch as owner, Clark, to just make sure Andy stays as long as humanly possible in Kansas City. Uh, uh, my pitch to him is Patrick's under contract for another eight years. <laughs> now, I, I know Andy loves what it, what he's doing. Uh, we certainly appreciate him as a family. Um, our organization is what it is because of Andy, and he's got a special relationship with everybody in it. I'm expecting him to be back next year, and we'll be going for the three people. Love it. And the last one is you mentioned Patrick Mahomes and being under contract. Not just what he did tonight, Clark, but what he's done for your organization, the city of Kansas the city in the time that he's been Yeah, he really has. As good a player as he is, he's an even better person. And the way he gives back to the community, the way that he treats people, it's really special. Uh, but to your point about Kansas City, he has elevated Kansas City's profile really on an international stage. Going for this. <laughs> Absolutely. On to the party and the parade. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's the the rest of the schedule for Clark Hunt and the uh, the rest of the Chiefs and uh, yeah, I think that again he's coming back for a three peat and he's younger by a lot than Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll. I I always give the specifics because if I just say by a lot, you're not going to believe me. So I'm going to go ahead and Google it and make sure I get you the specifics. Bill Belichick is 71 years old. He did not get a job this head coaching cycle. 
And everyone, as far as I can tell, everyone is talking about his next job, not his last job. It, it is a matter of where and when, not if. Now, I do wonder if there is an element of, does anyone want to hand the keys of their team to Bill Belichick? At that point, at age 72, turned 72 in April, you going to hand your organization over to him to maybe only coach for two or three years? Are you going to get a three- or four-year commitment from him? All of that. Honestly, a lot of the same stuff that maybe had you wondering about like the Aaron Rodgers market this last offseason. <laughs> Although, um, you know, one of those people is a verifiable crazy person, and one of them cuts off the sleeves of his hoodies. So... I know who I'm tying my franchise to. <laughs> They're both a little bit of odd birds, but, you know, incredible at their things is the, the connection I'm making. But Bill, Bill Belichick will be 72 in April, and I, I really do think, like, the coaching rumors for him will start as soon as Mike McCarthy, like, loses three in a row. will be like, ooh, Belichick? Belichick next year? Going to be a Belichick Cowboys? Jerry going to hire Belichick? It may never happen, but that's going to be the rumor. So... Bill Belichick, 71 years old, didn't get a job, gap year, going to try again next year, it seems like, at age 72. Andy Reid is 65. Listen, this, I, I don't, I, Andy Reid is a legend, obviously, and like, this is just, I'm just saying a true thing. Andy Reid has grandpa energy, a very iconic, but a very standout mustache, and he's a big guy. Those three things, maybe they age him by 10 years to, in people's heads, and that's, you know, whatever. It's just your perception of time and aging and people. But Andy Reid is 65 years old. Bill Belichick is 71. Pete Carroll is 72. It, it's not like we're at a spot where Andy Reid is losing his ability to coach. And it sure doesn't. He's not even losing his ability to fall on top of Chris Jones and get up again, apparently. That was just. I, I If you haven't seen it yet, Please. I, I watched it so many times that I didn't even believe it was real. I thought it was AI. He, like, puts his body weight on him like he's trying to teach tapes the new, like, DNs and everyone, like, what you can't do to the quarterback. Like, hey, you can't land on him like yes, this. Yes, this would be a penalty on a quarterback, but Trey Smith, if you do it to a D lineman, it's a great play. Literally, that's what it looks like. Here, here are the reasons that I don't think Andy Reid is interested in retirement. He's six years older than Bill Belichick, but because he's heavy set and has a mustache and has some grandpa energy, everyone wants to talk about him like he's 80, but he's not. Andy Reid, two Today, won a championship, com I guess yesterday, technically speaking. A handful of hours ago, Andy Reid won another championship at the end of probably his most trying season in Kansas City in, re in the recent run of Mahomes' seasons. At most trying season since 2018, maybe. And shortly before winning that championship... He got almost knocked over by a chest bump of the greatest head end of all time, but did stay on his feet. And then later, after the game, chose to leave his feet 
by landing on top of one of the greatest defensive linemen currently in the sport. In the meantime, he celebrated on the field with his family, did a press conference, and spoke on the on the stage. And as far as I can tell, has been working at 4 a.m. almost every day for God knows how long. You got an energized, enthusiastic Andy Reid. That's not a guy that's looking for for an off ramp. He has Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and a GM that understands what he's looking for. I bet next year's going to be easier for this offense. It might be tougher for the defense. I bet it's easier for the offense. But there is a veteran receiver that makes Andy's life a little easier. If they don't make any coaching staff changes at all, you know what it is? It's a second year for Connor Embry. It's probably not including Kadarius Tony or MVS. Probably some changes, whatever. But I just think if you're trying to push Andy Reid out, you just you just don't understand what you're watching, and you don't understand Andy Reid. Eventually, he'll retire, and it, it will probably surprise me because I think I'm going to just continue on this track of no, I'm going to tell you Andy Reid's not retiring, and I'm going to be right eight times before I'm eventually wrong, and I'll live with that. But. That whole cycle has been weird, and my honest-to-goodness take is that it largely is because he, he he has a grandpa voice that he can go to. I don't mean like an old man grandpa voice. I mean the, here comes the plane, grandpa voice that we've talked about in past shows when his grandkids show up on, on set. But he's got some grandpa energy, and he has a mustache. So people think he's he was coaching alongside Bill Walsh. I don't know. It's very weird, as peers. They may have they cross over a little bit actually. I think they Close. may have crossed over a little bit, right? Uh, so Holmgren was let's see. I think Holmgren coached the last year under Walsh when in eighty eight and he was the head coach. So that's yeah. that's the crossover. Okay. So Mike Holmgren is the human link between Walsh and Reed. I think I knew that. I at least I would have gotten there eventually. I knew Holmgren direct to Andy and I I think Walsh direct to Holmgren makes sense. And so, Shanahan, too. Believe it or not, Shanahan was the OC in San Francisco before he went to Denver. That's wild, man. Bill Walsh was technically a consultant as late as 2004. Yes, he went. He was moved into the front office for... So he... It, I think people wanted didn't want Reed to retire. I think they thought he was going to kind of follow the Bill Walsh. Well, Bill Walsh won a Super Bowl, his third Super Bowl, and then retired. And he thinks he did it a year early because San Francisco turned around the next year and went back-to-back with oh, George wow. Seifert. Huh. And then they okay. tried to three-peat, and that was the wide right year for the Giants, who won in the NFC Championship. Now I officially don't think that Dylan got kidnapped and replaced by a clone a second ago. I was ago. actually just about to say that as well. Because <laughs> that's, real, that's, really, uh, that's really Dylan. So I, I believe Reed is trying to just get one more than Walsh that he didn't yeah. get that he should have stayed for and gotten. And then that would like that would that make him the uh, the undisputed best offensive mind in the NFL history if he has more than Walsh? If he has more than Walsh. Boy, that's a fun question. I so. don't know. So hit, so Walsh's last year. You you had this correct, of course, Dylan. I would I didn't doubt you. I just wanted a cross reference. Bill Walsh's last year was night as the head coach of the Niners was eighty eight, and in eighty eight, Andy Reid was was uh, finishing a year as the O line coach at UTEP. Before going to Missouri in 1989. So Walsh, retiring, transitioning, whatever the circumstances there were, I guess. Walsh's last year as head coach was was 
into Andy Reid's coaching life, but not into his NFL coaching life because he didn't get to the Packers until 92. So there you go. There's a little bit of... My point being uh, originally that Bill Walsh was born in uh, in 1931 and Andy Reid was born in 1958. Andy Reid is a... Older, uh, older coach by modern NFL standards, but Walsh was 27 when Andy Reid was born, if I got my math right. Anyway, let's take a timeout and uh, we'll come back and play some more audio from the aftermath of Super Bowl 58. And we'll see, um, I don't know, maybe Florio will pick a different random Chiefs player or staff member who might retire. Maybe we'll see if, uh, let's see, what's this? Brett Veach thinking about leaving if the Chiefs three-peat? Well, let me, let me click on this story and then click all the ads. I'm kidding, that story doesn't exist. Yet. <laughs> we'll take a time out at the Sports Radio 810 WHP Postgame Show. This would be the longest attempt at a 57. Harrison Butker on the NFL Shield. The snap from Winchester, the hold by Townsend. Harrison Butker, the snap is good, the ball put down, the kick is away, a low line drive, it is good! Got it! That is a 57-yard field goal, the longest in Super Bowl history, and here it comes in Super Bowl 58. To bring the game now to within four, the Chiefs chip into the San Francisco lead. We have 5-0-1 to play here in the third. 5-0-1 to play in the third there. I'm looking up at my TV screen. And yes, they are also playing the halftime show again. I need to, I think I most years have eventually probably rewatched the halftime show. I need to do it again this year for two reasons. One, our whole, our whole circumstances of everything were just you know relatively hectic. And two, I didn't really enjoy like the first half of the halftime show because I think it took that long for me to shift into the mindset of somebody just enjoying a nice musical halftime show. I was not in a tremendous headspace. Despite the fact that the Chiefs were down seven and about to get the football. Like, I knew that. But it just didn't feel very good. If your team is playing in the Super Bowl and losing at halftime, you could just put a black screen on for the entire halftime show in that region. I would have preferred it at the time. Yeah, I I think what I wanted is just a Super Bowl postgame show. But it's just a musical act. Maybe it's maybe it's between the end of the game and the and the the podium stuff. I don't. I, we can figure that out. I mean, that wouldn't be great for Niners fans, I suppose. But that is absolutely the headspace I was in. Was just like I don't. I don't have any anything against anybody here, but like I'm not. Usher is not going to turn my mood around by himself. You know what I mean? That's that's sort of where I ended up. But I'm saying there's not really many. Even my favorite artist is not turning my mood around in that moment. Like you were saying, yeah. you want you like the Killers. I love you the, killers. the Killers. Are going to do the Vegas show. Vegas Vegas band would have made sense. It's okay. Would they I get it. have made your mood better at half? I think I would have been a different kind of bothered. I would have gone into like, like everybody, a- shut up! I want to watch the Killers. I thought it'd be like I should be enjoying this, but I'm not. <laughs> but I'm not, and that makes me mad. That'd be mine. No, I think I think I would. Yeah, I think I would sit there grumpily and just be like I'm going. You know, like the little me, the meme of the um. A little penguin 
Newt Newt, maybe? Yeah, it says, uh, I get sent that a lot. Uh, it's sent, um, it says, well, I'm not doing it now. That, I- yes! Wow! Okay, I actually was thinking of two separate memes of that penguin! Because the, 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 yes, the crossed arms, well, I'm not doing it now, is so right. And the other one that I was thinking of was that penguin angrily making, like, a Valentine's card. And so it's just, like, glitter everywhere and, like, a, a paper uh, heart. Is angrily making a you know this this card representing love, but it's both of those. That's how I would have been during. And frankly, that might have just been how I was during Usher. Also, so I'm. Yeah, this is the first time I'm seeing this, and I it's hilarious. It's actually spot on. Yeah, it, it's but it's those. It is those two combined. That's perfect. Yes. Um, Usher looks very sweaty at this point in the show. He's a showman. I'll, I he is a showman. I mean, put in the effort. Had some good musical guests. Felt like I was back in 2005, so it was pretty fun. It seemed like it sh- it should have been fun, and I understand why it was fun for some people, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to have a much better time to know how the second half went. We're getting to the part where, remember when we were kids and Tom Petty was the halftime show, yeah. and our parents loved it? Yeah. Now that's us. I we did. love Usher being the halftime show, and probably there's a bunch of kids that were wanting I mean, name any of the artists that are out right now. That <laughs> that's how you feel old. You're like, You know, they probably wish it was, yes. you know... Um, is Lil Pump still a thing? No, Dad. No, he's he's really not. Is mm-hmm. Gucci Gang? No, not. That's that was a real one hit wonder. Mm-hmm. I had that thought during the halftime show, but I did not want to um, share that thought out loud because I didn't want to make I didn't want to make anybody else you know have, begin having the the uh, psychological meltdown that I was having at that point. So I just kept it to myself. I think that's I think that's the right take. I mean, my God, man, I'm over here lusting after the idea of the killers getting a halftime show. It's just emo millennial Bruce Springsteen. I, I understand. That's what, I mean, that's kind band. of the play. They're a good band. So. It's a good band. I can't say Usher wasn't a good get either, obviously. No, it's, it's a good. It's Usher. It's And, and the, the whole crew here is all good. Her coming out oh, her f- awesome. with the yes. guitar yes. solo, stupendous. Yes, any electric guitar, it doesn't yeah. matter. It, it's going to slap. Absolutely. I wasn't – it was about me. I wasn't ready for Usher. <laughs> I needed someone – what I needed for the halftime show was for someone to meet me where I was at and to lead me in, like to lead me to my seat and to sit me down and say, that's where you belong. I needed an Usher Usher. Nice. 3.43 a.m. Central Time. And I took a two-minute lead-up to make a joke about needing an Usher Usher. Well, I'm not proud of myself, but I am proud of Chris Jones because he was absolutely stupendous. And a couple of huge moments in this game. In fact, Bill Barnwell had a uh, a couple of tweets of just sort of the dots of the plays where Chris Jones straight up saved two touchdowns in this game, despite not ever getting a sack. I mean, it it that's the it's the type of game that he needed to provide for this team to win. It's also the type of game that's going to have some really stupid narratives about him this offseason. It's okay, you know the truth. You're a smart fan listening here, and we're all on the same page. And I want to hear from Chris Jones as well. 
This was on the uh, NFL Network set after the game. He uh, he hopped on there. Apparently, there's some cameos by McCole Hardman, and uh, I saw a little bit of Patrick Mahomes' cameo when he came in to say something about McCole Hardman. Here's that entire scene, mostly starring Chris Jones, live on the NFL Network set right after the game. Congratulations, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm sure it is. It's like a, a yearly reservation for you at this table. I guess we'll hold it for you next year in New Orleans as well, man. It's easier said than done, man. It's always uh, it's always a journey. Um, you know, we're talking about it year in and year out. We know we had a young team coming in, and uh, we had some experience last year with these guys. And, you know, the accountability that we held each other to this year, man, um, we kind of prevailed through um, adversity. Isaiah Pacheco, it's good to see you. Congratulations. Represent, man. You don't got too many Puerto Ricans doing this thing. Hey, culture, you always got to represent your culture. Know where you came from. I love it. Now, I got a confession to make, fellas, and I'm not saying it because Usher did halftime. I did open at night, okay? Got a chance to talk to Chris right here, and he said, Mike Rob, in Spags we trust. We will not leave this game without winning it, okay? What gave you so much confidence in this defense and in the defensive play caller in Spags? Um, just the journey we've had to take, the adversity we had to face. I think we faced the best team in the league in Baltimore Ravens, hands down. And the journey we had to take was um, being one of the most pro- prolific offenses in the game and um, our first game, Miami Dolphins. And then going to a Buffalo team who was steamrolling people and um, defeating them at home, and also going to Baltimore Ravens, which is a tough environment, MVP, Lamar Jackson, and that defense, man. And we was able to overcome them obstacles. We wasn't being defeated here. Were you guys nervous? Obviously, the defense did their thing in the first half. Offense wasn't scoring points. Did you just say, look, we just got to keep doing our thing, and Pat and Andy in this offense, they're going to get right and score some points? (laughs) You him. You know that, right? You are him, baby. You are him. I appreciate it, McCole, man. Um, Yeah, we we know as a defense that we continue to give – the offense, the ball, um, they'll eventually score and start to put up points. Um, tight game first half, man. The tight game first half, and we knew it was going to be a battle coming in. Um, they got a tough team, uh, resilient, a lot of good guys on their team, and um, we knew it was going to be a four-quarter battle, even in overtime. Hey, listen, they, um, they uh, had to drive, your team under Patrick Mahomes had to drive in the fourth quarter to tie the game force overtime and then had to drive to put some points on the board whether it was a field goal and continue the game or get one do you understand what's going through the mindset of the Niners when they're looking at Patrick Mahomes and they have to stop him yeah I know they was nervous man I know they was nervous because it was like nothing they can do um shout out to Nick Bosa man had a heck of a game uh can't discredit his uh body of work what he did tonight but um it just wasn't enough this time now, you guys blitz on, it seemed like where well, the numbers say you guys blitzed on 50, 52, 53% of the dropbacks. What was it about Brock Purdy and this 49ers offense that made you guys feel like you had to heat him up a little bit and kind of confuse him a little bit? Well, um, we talked over the week that um, if you just let him sit back there, he can pick you apart. They have a lot of weapons back there. And um, he's six foot, so we wanted to get somebody in his face at all times. So um, 50% of the call, I think it was like 55 <laughs> you know what time it is. We were like 55. Yeah, we were just going to pressure at him. And, you know, we knew that going in. We had, um, what, seven, seven to ten days to prepare. Anytime you give us that type of preparation, we're able to dial some things up. Look at who's smiling, the guy that just gave us the walk-off winner. Absolutely. Now, let's be honest. It's early October. 
You're in New Jersey playing for don't the Jets. Me, don't remind uh, me. <laughs> did you ever think you would be standing right here, right now? Man, that, that's probably, I probably didn't. Um, but when I knew I was going to leave, I was just praying that I came back to KC. But guys like this, man, and, and guys that I've been with my whole career, and uh, when I got back, man, I knew it was a chance that we, we could do this thing. So when that play call came in the huddle, the game winning play call. Did you light up, bro? I mean, I mean, did you smile? Did you, did you like? Come on, man, this is about to be that moment. Man, Tom and Jerry Wright, y'all, y'all marking down. It's Tom and Jerry Wright. Um, it's a play we've been working for a long time now, man. And um, and the, the safety just, I mean, the corner just fell off on Trav. I'm like. I got to be open, you know. And I caught the ball, and, and uh, I, I blacked out, man. I forgot that we actually won the game. For <laughs> Nicole and Chris, congratulations on those rings. Oh, oh, you got a buddy oh, that's oh, oh. attacking the set here. Patrick Mahomes. Hey, I tell a quick funny story. Please. <laughs> I threw a touchdown to this dude at the end of the game. And he looked at me, I said, and he had no idea. I said, dude, we just won the Super Bowl. And he, 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 he blacked out. He had no idea. I was like, bro, because he, he didn't even celebrate at the beginning. I'm like, what are we doing? Hey, when I see you were talking about, okay, yeah, it's time to celebrate now. So, hey. Did, you seriously did not know the game? I, I blacked out. I literally blacked out. I swear to God, I blacked out. Okay. But right. I'm glad this man was running towards me, though. <laughs> it get me back to life. I got you. I didn't know. I'm like, oh. That's crazy. So, once again, what's the name of this play? Um, Tom and Jerry. Yeah, Tom and Jerry is the name of the play. We can guess who's who. Um, but uh, but uh, the, same, the same motion, though. The same motion as we scored Corn Dog, and we scored a couple plays last year. So, uh, we saved it for the right moment. Very good. Hey, Chris, Nicole, congratulations. Go party up with your troop. Absolutely. Hey, no, 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 Patrick, have a seat here. Yeah, there we go. Switch it up. So, here's what we're going to do for you tonight. This, uh, that's just great stories and stuff in there, and I'm already thinking about cutting it up, and we'll talk about it more tomorrow in the zone, I'm sure. The Border Patrol will be coming your way in about two hours. They'll be live at 6 a.m. Then uh, the zone with uh, Jason Anderson and myself and Dylan Michaels. As far as I can tell, I think Dylan's trying to pull off the Iron Man. I will be there, no matter what. I am. We're going to make this happen. We're going to bring a certain energy tomorrow. TBD what kind? By tomorrow, I mean in about six hours. I will be at Rally House in six hours. <laughs> I actually think Jake Gutierrez is probably awakening here shortly. Yeah, he's probably up and running right now. Yeah, probably so. What we are going to do is we are going to go ahead and call the post-game show as we roll into 4 a.m. And I'll give a final thought and a dismount and everything before we land at straight up 4 o'clock. But I think there's so much good stuff. We're going to keep going through it the rest of the, the rest of the day, the rest of the week. It's all over Twitter, and we've we've brought a bunch of the best stuff together. With a huge, huge shout out again to Kyle Collier and to Covell Hudson for handling all of that. While Dylan Michaels across the, the glass and myself, Joshua Briscoe, got things running so we could talk about this game. But I think the only thing actually we're going to end up replaying here in tonight's show is something you only heard if you're listening to Westwood One coverage earlier on, which is the presentation from the stage. No better way to begin to wrap up tonight's show than to hear again Jim Nance with Clark Hunt, Andy Reid, and the players who got the mic at the podium. Here's what it sounded like with the first words, I think the first word, coming from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell as the NFL prepared to hand over a Lombardi trophy to the Kansas City Chiefs for the third time in five years and the second time in two Here's what it sounded like at the trophy presentation of your back-to-back world champions. Wow. 
an epic Super Bowl for an epic season. Thank you, Las Vegas. Clark, to you and your family, to this great organization, to Coach Reed and this incredible football team. Make some more room in that trophy closet, would you please? This is the first time a team is repeated in almost 20 years in the NFL. Tough to do. The Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. As the commissioner said, back to back and three here in just the last few years. We call that a dynasty. What does that mean to you? Well, first of all, I want to congratulate Andy, the football team, our coaching staff on an incredible performance. And it's been an amazing five-year run. I want to thank the Lord for giving us this opportunity. Watching today's game, I couldn't help but think about my parents and how proud they would be of this football team. At their heart, they were the biggest Chiefs fans in the world, and they would love celebrating another world championship with the best fans in the NFL, Chiefs Kingdom. I know you feel your parents' presence here tonight. Congratulations, Clark, to this amazing victory. What a game it was. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Kudos to the team. What an incredible performance. One of the most thrilling Super Bowls I've ever seen. How about you pass off this uh, trophy to Andy Reid? <laughs> Andy, you had to come back from 10 points down again, and then you had all this pressure of having to tie the game late in the fourth quarter, down three in overtime. How did this team pull it off? Well, there was no doubt. I mean, the guys were great. Uh, defense played out of their mind. Huh? How about that D, baby? Our defense played great. And then the O just kept persevering and pushing and pushing and pushing and did a great job. I'm so proud of the whole group. Special teams jumped up in there and dominated right at the end there. It was beautiful. For your legendary career, what does this title mean to you, this one specifically? Man, I don't know, but I'm going to celebrate it with these people right here, man. Hey, on three, one, two, three. How about those Chiefs? How about you grab this thing before it topples over, and let's bring in Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. There was a lot of tension in this building, but you're used to coming back from double digits down, and you did it today. Tell us about that winning drive and how this team held it together, composure and all. Um, I, really, this the whole game was uh, just kind of our, our whole entire season. It was the defense just keeping us in there, um, and then the offense making plays when it counted. And then, of course, Harrison Bucker hitting from about 70. So it's um, it was a microcosm of our whole season. I'm just proud of the guys that kept believing, um, and, I'm, and I'm proud of the coaches for calling up those plays. They got us some touchdowns there at the end. You know, you go on and win the championship, being the underdog the last three games in the playoffs. Maybe a lesson learned for everybody else out there in the future. Yeah, just know that the Kansas City Chiefs are never underdogs. Just know that. <laughs> I know it means the world to have Brittany and your children up here, Sterling and Bronze, to share this as a family and with your Chiefs family, too. Yeah, it means the world. Just um, 
the, the whole family of Kansas City and Chiefs Kingdom is special. Um, Brittany's a great, a great wife with two great kids. I can't ask for anything better than this, man. We're Super Bowl champs, Kansas City. I'll see y'all uh, at the parade. Let's do it, baby. Uh, that's parade's coming up. Congratulations. <laughs> Chiefs Kingdom! Y'all hear this? We've been fighting for all right all day. How about a little Viva Las Vegas? Viva Las Vegas! Viva! Viva Las Vegas! <laughs> hey, Elvis never had it better than that right there. Let me tell you. To win this one, when we met a couple of days ago, you know, you said, and I'm not looking ahead, but we got a lot more we want to do here, baby. You oh, said yeah. we want we want a three-peat. How about that? Well, you know, the goal's always been to get three. But we couldn't get here without getting the two and having that target on our back all year. And I love these guys right here. The men that we just won this thing with, Family forever, baby. I couldn't be more proud of you guys. And how about it? We get a chance to do it three times in a row. How do you get excited for that, baby? You go party in Las Vegas and get back to it. Hey, you still got to fight for your right, don't you? You got to fight for your right. Believe it, baby. I'll see y'all next year. Thank you, Travis. Congratulations to the entire Kansas City Chief organization. Uh, hey, Nicole Hardman, you scored at the Super Bowl winning touchdown, man. Yeah. What does that feel like? Man, it feels great. I'm telling you, I blacked out when I caught the ball, though. So, um, but it feels awesome. Well, listen, take that and go celebrate with the rest of your teammates. There it is. The trophy's in the hands of the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey will be back next year. And it is a dynasty. I want to say two things before we sign off here tonight, Kansas City. One is that it has been an absolute honor and privilege and pleasure to host another year of the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show with an enormous, enormous shout-out to Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass, Covell Hudson, and today Kyle Collier coming in for a Super Bowl edition of the show. Couldn't do it without those three guys, and I'm glad I didn't have to. Secondarily... Don't let anybody tell you you're not rooting for a dynasty. You're watching it, you're still in the midst of it, and you should appreciate every single moment of it. This is a magical time, and it's a very, very good time to be right here in Chiefs Kingdom. Bye, Mom!